Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, you're about to listen to My Good Bad Brain. It's a podcast about mental health and being a person hosted by me, Jared Sleeper. Uh, if you dig the pod, uh, please review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And uh, and uh, what else should I say? Oh, yeah, uh, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Uh, support there really makes a difference in getting this thing out in the world and existing. So thank you so much uh, for considering that and being here. And cue the theme music. Bye-bye. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better medicated me i'm still not always sure whether i exist or what being a person even really is but i figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful (sighs) glad to be here i mean it's monday while i'm recording this we'll see time it'll get up on monday um I love my good, bad brain now. It's become one of the only consistent things I've made in my life. We're over two months now. And it's become a really nice place to hang out. And I really appreciate that. Because it's giving me some like motivation and structure that's actually, I think, practically making me a a better uh, version of me. Which is fucking great. Thanks for helping me with that. I hope other people are having anything a little bit resonant with that, uh, just, you know, maybe if it's just a sense of belonging, we'll get through this together. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I, I'm just going to speak about me <laughs> for a little longer. Uh, this, uh, I'm grateful that today's sunny out cause fuck, it feels dark sometimes. You know what I mean? I was trying to figure out why I've, I've fucked up. I was, this is why it's a little late today. I was just going to like a fugue state over the weekend. I didn't really do anything. I played some, video games, but I don't know. And I was trying to figure out why, like nothing really quote unquote triggered it. Like sometimes it doesn't get triggered. You know what I mean? And this wasn't as like despair as usual. It was a little more numb despair as usual. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to like fetishize my own fucking battles with my idiot gloom, whatever. Um, but, uh, it was weird. It was weird. I woke up this morning. I was like, I knew this had to get done. And that combined with a little bit of sun and a little bit of like goals I've written down, the plan I've been doing that my friend Lizzie has me on this workout thing that's been helping. It was kind of like, 
got to get back on it. Just go, just do the things. Just do the things you do. And I was just trying to figure out what triggered this thing. And I don't even think there's an answer. Sometimes it's just your brain. And sometimes, you know, we live in wild times. You know, I was pretty, uh, you know, riled up last week. Rightfully so. Still am. Not going to let it go away. Got to hang on to that. But like, it's like one bee, unless you're allergic to bees, like one bee won't kill you, but a hive of bees will certainly kill you. And it would be, I guess I feel like sometimes this sadness is appropriate in response to what's going on and, you know, the the screed of things that constantly are coming at us in the media and, and in the world and these not great situations. And, it, you know, if someone's like, you got stung by bee, you're not going to die, you got stung by bee. You got stung by some bees. But you're like, please, it's a whole fucking cloud of bees, okay? It's a serious deal when it's a whole fucking cloud of bees. It stops being a joke. It starts being like rough. And so, I don't know, be patient with yourself if you're having a tough time because it's tough. I mean, life is tough. I think that's part of the thing that's tricky about it is like some of us, I think we'd have a tough time no matter what. If everything was perfect, it'd still be hard to breathe sometimes. And when you actually have a laundry list of actual bad things, it becomes a little harder to just talk yourself out of it. And I think Part of the point is just coming up with strategies to trick yourself just as a survival mechanism and also so you can be useful to yourself and the people around you so that like this time on your planet isn't, you know, totally useless to you and whatever that means. I don't mean productive because I don't think that's a good metric of anything, but I think the kind of like ability to produce love is really adjacent to like generosity and happiness and definitely laughter and creativity. And there's something incumbent on us to protect that and protect the possibility of it, you know, which may be a core thing about what upsets all of us when people do evil shit or cruel shit or callous shit is just like, hey, you're doing the opposite of what we're supposed to do here. You're, you're doing, you're like encumbering people in a way that's going to make it harder for them to use this time on this plane for what we could be, which is just to make something brighter in this nonsensical universe. I don't know. I'm a little off the rails already, I know. Uh, I'm going to give you a little practical thing. This is one tiny one that uh, I was reminded with, you know, talking actually with somebody who listens to the pod today. And I I thought this was a nice little practical thing before we get into this really delightful interview today with uh, Reed Bryce. Um, My practical one... I used to do this when I would get like real sad, like food makes me happy, you know, just it does. I, I think it makes a lot of people happy. And um, I realized when I do something with my hands for a long time, when I have something to occupy my hands, that also helps me get out of a, a nasty place. Uh, so sometimes I would just pick a recipe out. I do love cooking. And if you don't love cooking, that's okay. But like, you know, try it maybe. I don't know. I would like uh, make some recipe that takes a long time. Usually like a stew or something or like something that has steps or bake something. Um, I think stew was always my favorite because I'd chop up, you know, you make mirepoix that, or, or trinity, whatever, like the base of the vegetables, the root vegetables and aromatics that you got to chop up and you got to clean vegetables and you got to, you need things that take time and presence and a tactile sort of paying attention with your hands. Maybe you got to make a roux. I don't really do that much anymore because I'm avoiding gluten, but you know, it's fun to like do this butter and gently cook this flour into it, make sure it all like comes together and it doesn't burn and it doesn't get grainy. It was just this like process. You get to be with your hands and a tool And then, like, there's so many sensual aspects of it that are nice, like, wood, like, cutting boards are so 
nice. They're so beautiful and they feel so good when you've had them for a long time. And the oils of repeated uses over, you know, years and years are kind of soak into the wood. You know, if you have an old cooking knife with a wooden handle, this is why I always try to get wooden handles if I can. Like even the oil from your hands will soak into the the grip over time, over years. Much less the stuff that you cook around it. And it gets that that's why it gets that nice soft wood feel that you can't like really mimic. It's just so nice, you know? And it takes time and it slows you down. It gives you something to focus on that's not you and not pain and not the things that are impossible for you to fix, that are literally sometimes impossible for you to fix. So maybe that's my little practical one for the week. Cook something, take some time and cook something, you know? Even if it's just like making a grilled cheese sandwich and you just do it right, like you take the time to like, I'm going to tell you, this is my secret for grilled cheese, by the way. You know, it's fun sometimes to like spread the cheese on the, the butter on the on the bread. That's that's fine. That's the standard, right? Spread butter on bread and then put it in the pan. If you really want like a crazy good grilled cheese, you got to put like a thick amount of butter in the pan, like a deep amount. So you're almost like frying a little bit, like goes halfway up the bread, you know, halfway up the like bread slice. Make your cheese sandwich. Bring the butter up to like a decent medium temp, not brown butter, not where it's sizzling too much, you know, get in there though, get in there, get into brown butter. And then just, you got to like soak the bread in there. You got to like, let it cook in there. Like you have the butter. It's like you're making pasta or something or making a roux. It's like making a roux. You're taking, letting like the flour pieces of, you know, the wheat just soak up that cheese and get to like, you know, this really that perfect, rich golden brown where it's like, now you're getting into brown butter territory. And you can pick whatever cheese you want. I honestly do love just an aged cheddar or well, I'll just take it on down to some singles, man. Some American singles. That old good old fashioned, maybe it's not really cheese at all stuff. Yeah, I can't, it's hard to beat. And then cut it in triangles because, you know, it's objectively better to cut something. It's better. It tastes better. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a maniac, dude. Let's get into this pod. This week I talked to Reed Bryce, who is wonderful. They, I met at Clever. We were doing something called Dude View. Um, and, uh, well, they, they don't work at Clever. They work across the hall, I think, at Defy Broad or Smosh, maybe. I, don't, I think they edit, though. It's like it's all in one building. It's all, all these Defy companies, Clever and Smosh and something else. I don't know, but Screen Junkies for a while. I think, yeah, everyone's still over there. Anyway, so Reed and I got to be pals, uh, just kind of casually acquaintance-wise, because we sat on this couch together for this like little thing called Dude View, where we gave like dude perspectives on questions about things, and uh, I just thought Reed was great. Reed was like uh, just so thoughtful and interesting. Uh, Reed's trans, and I really wanted to talk to somebody on this uh, who had you know would have some unique perspectives on life, obviously, but also gender. And uh, that's kind of what we get into. Reed uh, uh, accommodates my dumber questions or, or you know, whatever. We go into some psychology thoughts, like therapy thoughts about that. Uh, Reed's also, like me, has ADHD. So we talk about that. Um, and I don't know, Reed's like, I talk about it on the pod, but I'll just take a second that I just find Reed really inspiring. There's like a positivity and a humor. I mean, they're a comedian. So, like, that's obvious. But I don't know. This ability through our whole conversation, just so kind and so, like, would laugh about some terrible, scary stuff and copes with it with such, like, grace. And, I mean, 
a lot of us don't encounter a fraction of that challenge in our lives. The, you're going to hear about, Reed will talk more about it. I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, but that just astonishes me. And some people just being themselves, I think a lot of people just being themselves when you watch them and you pay attention, but Reed especially, like so inspiring just being who they are. Just seeing somebody be who they are, it makes it okay for you to be who you are, no matter what that means, you know? And uh, I think that's beautiful. And Reed's tough as hell, and uh, I'm just going to shut up, and let's get into it. Uh, it starts off a little hot, because Reed had a tough thing happen just the day we recorded a, a few weeks ago. And um, I will also say, I just last thing, I, there, I, I mentioned we, we refer to some suicide stuff with celebrities. It was right before Anthony Bourdain. Uh, it was and so he's not referenced when I mentioned Kate Spade and stuff. Uh, but it's just it, it brought listening back. It was like, damn, it's been a time. It's been a hard, weird several weeks. But uh, people like Reed and all y'all, you know, inspires me. Get through. So hopefully uh, you get something out of this. And uh, here we go. Uh, enjoy. There, we're recording now. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome. <laughs> How are you, Reed? I uh, I had a pretty shitty day today. Really? Yeah. A guy threatened to hate crime me. What is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> coming out hot. That's what I'm talking about. I love that. Like, I started. I, we started before we started talking. I was like, I want to like focus these up a little more about like more about mental health and like yeah. hot out the gate. Here we go. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? Uh, so. Uh, if you're, if your listeners don't know me, I, I am, uh, I'm gay and I'm also transgender. And, uh, uh, this dude, I wrote a joke, a really stupid joke, uh, just about like, uh, how I grew up poor. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, and I made, f I happened to make fun of like rich people in it. Cause I was like, uh, yes, I responded. Yeah, to I, I was, uh, the joke was literally like, how do rich people even get into comedy? They haven't really like suffered. So what do they write their jokes right. about? I think you said though, it was like. If you ever had a Hulk out of hand-me-down shoes or something, yeah, it's funny. I, um, it was a funny joke. Thank you. Uh, like it was, it was like. It's also I, silly. <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm trying to re. I, I had a pretty shitty childhood. I can talk about a little bit uh, later. Uh, and so I'm trying to, with my th uh, help of my therapist, recontextualize things and really come to terms like with what I went through. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing it by writing jokes. So I'll talk about like. Oh, the humiliating time my shoes fell apart at school uh, and uh, they couldn't even call my mom to come get me new ones because uh, mm. nobody knew where she was. Uh, and so I just had to be the kid who walked around without shoes for the rest of the day. Yeah, I think or no, I think they ended up finding a pair of flip flops for me. Uh, so yeah. I just wrote a joke. It was such a, uh, a one off. And then some dude who um, happens to be a, an L.A. comic uh, flipped out and did like the not all rich people thing mm -hmm. and was like, you can't, you, you shouldn't make blanket judgments about rich people. And I was just kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. You're feeling oppressed uh, by my joke. I'm sure it has the same weight uh, as how I was malnourished. And as a result, didn't grope to my proper height as a kid. I'm sure it's mm -hmm. exactly the same. Uh, and then it escalated very quickly to the point that he said, uh, if I see you in public and he, uh, he basically said he was going to beat the shit out of me. And he, but he made sure to bring up, uh, he brought it up that I was gay and trans and two, mm. in two different threats. And so I was like, Oh shit, this dude is straight up 
over a dumb Facebook joke, uh, he's he's threatening to hate crime me. Somebody who's calls himself a comic also. Yeah. Oh, and it turned out that, that dude, uh, he had to flee Minnesota because he attempted to rape a woman, another comic, uh, but he has more money than God. So he he like basically paid his way out and got an acquittal. And then he also paid to have all of that information uh, scrubbed from the Internet. But his name is Adam Richmond. Normal life. Normal yeah. life. Uh, Fuck, so, man. Fuck. so I will tell you that from where I am, so I'm wait, pretty disassociated right now. I, that's fair. Thank you for being here. This yeah. is like, I know that's like, uh, uh, yeah, you I, can pr- usually, I appreciate you yeah. like doing this still. Uh, two years ago I got diagnosed with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you want to like talk about like, uh, if you suffer from yeah. any mental illness so we can go into that. I saw, I do, um, I do live with PTSD. It's mm-hmm. something I've lived with my entire life. Uh, but it got really triggered when I was in ninth grade and I, I was still presenting as a woman, you know, or like a girl at the time. And, but I had like the short haircut. I looked very much like your average baby gay. Mm. Uh, and I lived in a town that was very conservative. Um, and what part of the country you're from? Uh, I'm from Riverside County, okay, uh, so, I, so uh, it's a yeah. it's a farming community called Norco, California, and they straight up like still do rodeos yeah. and they have Pe- horse trails. People forget and that about See, like yeah. California. Well, a lot of a lot of states where they have really big metropolitan centers that are very liberal, they forget like you get outside of like L.A., you get outside of Chicago. Where I grew up. Oh it's yeah, very honey. Rural. Like even up in Joshua Tree, which you think would just be hippy dippy stuff, there is a chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. Fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah, man, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, I had a real bad time, uh, but it got worse and worse and worse. And then one day some girls, a group of girls, uh, cornered me in a bathroom and beat me up mm-hmm. and, uh, I dropped out. I was like, I can't go back to school. Uh, but I couldn't tell my family why, cause they also would have kicked me out of the house if they, if they knew I was gay, let alone trans, mm-hmm. which I had not even, uh, admitted to myself at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So when, that that part is being activated right now. That that part of like sure, uh, like I can feel it in my nervous system, like the pain of like being hit and stuff. Uh, and so like I'm my hands are sweating. Yeah. Um, and I I went and bought a donut earlier. I don't remember buying it. Um. Oh fuck. I get that. Yeah. I, I and I very Take much. Take your time, man. I'm sorry. I I don't mean to like if anything's like no, coming. No, I like up talking about it. Sure. It's Thank helping, you. and I hope if anybody else out there. Yeah. Uh, is like, oh shit, I can't talk about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you should, at least with somebody, if you can, if you can find like a doctor you can trust or an adult you can trust or anybody. If there's anything that I've discovered in life, it's like, I think the reason I'm doing this, I, I, I think the best thing we can do is just speak to each other and, uh, be here. So just know I'm here with you and, and I really appreciate you letting letting me in on this letting me part of your journey because because uh I, I don't know everyone we all feel so fucking alone and yeah. uh and we're, we're not we don't have to be and hopefully if anybody else is listening who anything with your story resonates with them will know that in some cosmic way we are also with them you know yeah no or even more directly if you give them my ad they can they can dm me if they yeah, want yeah 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 um, what is your you want to say it want to say uh, that dang dingus <laughs> uh it's on on uh twitter and instagram so uh yeah, like I'm not like even plugging that of like follow me because I don't care no, about no, that no. shit. But uh, yeah, if you if you need someone to speak to, if you don't have an adult in your life, especially if you're younger, you can DM me. I'll talk to you about it. Hell yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Um. 
So, uh, yeah, so, so it's, a, it's been today. a bad day. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> uh, this is us. It's so weird. This is also, I had two, like every once in a while you'll get like microaggressions about the transphobia shit, especially because I'm in the the first uh, six months of my medical transition where like, mm-hmm. you're, you know, your your body is changing if you, yeah. if that's part of your uh, individual journey. I mean, even the time I've known you, you it's like marked. Yeah. When different. we first met, yeah. I was pre, um, pre uh, testosterone. Really? Uh, yeah, that's oh, wow. why my voice was so high. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely markedly different. It's interesting. Um, and uh, so and you kind of just like learned like, uh, but earlier this week I went to the pharmacy to pick up uh, my medications for the the other stuff we'll talk about, and these pharmacists just straight up made fun of me to my face about the fact that I look androgynous. Um. It was really weird. I had called in earlier and my voice still sounds um, really high. So I get mistaken for a woman on the phone. Mm. Um, And then when the lady went back to like check with the dude, I guess who I talked to, uh, she was like, he's ready to pick up his stuff. And he was like, "Um, no, it's a woman who I talked to. And then he turned around and was like, wait, is that a man or a woman? And I just had to be like, I can hear you. Yeah. Can you not do that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So experiencing, I, I think experiencing overt transphobia in one week has been yeah. a little bit of uh it's been a lot um and so i i'm just like looking forward to my call with my psychiatrist tomorrow oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting i mean i i uh because i'm sure i mean you're a comic you know like yeah and even in my brief knowing of you like requires a lot of uh empathy to just be a person and just to be a comic because you need to be able to like well, to be a good one. I mean, obviously, some yeah, people no, call a lot themselves of people comic think, and love to fucking punch down. Yeah, a lot of people think that if you have empathy that you can't do comedy well because they think... Uh, they it's do? All, it's all, yeah, it's all about takedowns and putting people in their place. Yeah, and, it's dumb as fuck. Oh, God, it's so boring. I mean, that's so boring. And I truly... I mean, truly, I think all, all, this is why people are always like, why, why don't they give more like conservatives, uh, in, in Hollywood or have more conservative energy? none of them have timing or punchlines. Well, 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 cause that, <laughs> that requires empathy. That requires yeah. a sense of other human beings to know what they're going through. Even if it's as simple as what they're experiencing in the crowd. And like you're saying, even as simple as timing and punchlines and blah, 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 knowing rhythms, you need to be able to sense people around you. Yeah. And they're not reading anybody because they're concerned with themselves. Sometimes, um, the right will like, uh, uh, like, unintentionally like be really funny like that time that the turning point kids dressed up in diapers at the campus because they <laughs> like because they were trying to make fun of the liberal snowflakes right but then it was just a bunch of 22 year olds in like looking like baby diaper yeah. fetishes just there's hanging out really on good, campus like uh, there's a lot of good content of like <laughs> pe- of th- crazy things conservatives do to own the libs yeah like like remember they're all like breaking their uh coffee machines yeah. and stuff and i don't know it's like all you're doing is helping the environment yeah you, like, <laughs> wait you paid for that it's weird they have your money already dummy <laughs> yeah i mean that is i guess that would be uh an initial question um and do you want to say like i i'm i'll just say it here too uh I, i'm a dummy you know <laughs> i oh, do I'm my dumb best as hell i wrote <laughs> Today that my astrological sign is dumb uh, is dumb as hell with like dipshit rising. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm we have a similar chart then, um, <laughs> but just like I'm gonna do my best to be as unproblematic as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and and not in the sense of I think a problem that we're having in in this point in history is like people are more concerned with not saying the wrong thing so they don't appear problematic than actually 
being not problematic than actually understanding anything. Yeah. And I think sometimes uh, getting caught up in the fear of saying something wrong can like lead you to do it. It's kind of like a like a self-fulfilling prophecy because you stop like completely listening to the person that you're trying to engage with. Mm -hmm. And instead you're like, what does that person want me to say or what should I not say? Mm. Uh, And I think I finally figured out um, for, you know, if, you know, I'm a white person. Mm -hmm. So I just from the time that I grew up and especially in the environment I grew up, I was getting racism injected into my uh, into my upbringing every day. Mm. So there is. How do you mean? Like, I just grew up with a really racist, uh, really racist family. There's like a lot of white supremacy problems. Gotcha. uh, just everywhere. And then I, I think that every white person has to kind of come to terms with the fact that like you're going to have biases and stuff that you might not even consciously know about. Yeah. And so Does if you that, can accept that, then you can then you can say, well, all I have to do is try to be thoughtful about it. Right. And if I step in a mess, I have to not get defensive about it. Does that help you deal with people who are still confused or don't really understand the aspects of like being trans or even being gay or anything like that? Um, I think, I know what I mean, it's like, really like easy to tell if outside some- of someone's reality that they've grown. I mean, that's the thing I think about all the time is we're only a, a sum of our experiences and we, we do have to make room for people to like learn new things. Absolutely. You know, and I think, uh, and I, and I mentioned a little bit to you before I am a, a comic, so I want to be in the public eye. Right. I came out late in life. So I'm dealing with this with, well, how every- old are you? I'm 31. Oh, really? Yeah. I came you out. You seem much younger. I, I wouldn't yeah, notice that. Uh, I mean, I'm 32, but I. Yeah, like, we're like the same age, yeah. but you look like my older brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel. Yeah, I, I do. But even that, I, I uh, tend to. Like, wherever I'm supposed to be, quote unquote, in life. I feel yeah. like I'm living like a much younger person, you know? Uh, uh, but that I, might just be our generation, you know? Oh, for sure. And so I had to really come to terms with the fact and make peace with the fact that I am always going to be somebody's first interaction with a trans person Mm. it can be in person it can be online it can be you know them coming to see me in a play or something uh and so i decided i'm gonna i'm just gonna accept it and i'm gonna make education and Mm. activism part of what i do as part of my act and just be genuine to say if you want to ask a question first of all just try googling it um there's probably not a question you have that Google cannot answer for you immediately. Right. Uh, then after that, if you have a question, you can come to people who like tell you it's okay to ask questions like me. Uh, if you think you have a question, as long as it's in good faith and uh, as long as you know that I might tell you like, hey, just so you know, that is offensive. Mm. So be careful to maybe not ask that to like if you see a trans person working at the grocery store, don't ask that person. They're just trying to live their life. They don't want to speak for a living. Right. I do. So come talk to me and I'll I'll answer any question you have and I'll help set you on on the right way of that cuz you know if you're coming with good intentions I want to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, I I and I do appreciate you going down this road. I I am cuz we talked before a little bit. I I will say in advance as we get into this whole talk, I am less interested. I'm what I'm trying to say is I appreciate that you're going down the road of the political questioning of like where we are politically and culturally. Yeah. Because what I'm really fascinated, I find great inspiration and I feel like I'm struggling a little bit. Even as we get into this, I feel emotional immediately because I don't know you that well personally. Um, but you are a very impressive person to me just being you and 
people hey, uh, uh, and no likewise oh thank you yeah. thank you and i'm not just saying that i don't like most people <laughs> uh, well thanks Reed. i i just um but there, i want to say like people i think everybody struggles to be who they feel like they really are like like yeah. from anybody even even the most fucking cis heteronormative whatever person yeah and and like and, and, and i feel me, like you have to I, I we should unpack the fact that it's okay to be those things yeah 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 <laughs> i i just mean like i never understand like like anytime i meet a dude because i'm i'm a fucking dude right i am mm. a dude and i have a lot of like dude instincts i love combat sports and that never goes away and i never understand like the men who seem really upset that like their dude values are not celebrated as much or something anymore or I their think, perception. And I can tell you um, what I think is happening there because I am kind of uh, opting into it because mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> uh, I'm transmasculine. Um, and there was a really great article the other day. I'll try to get you the source of it mm-hmm. uh, about this woman saying uh, for a long time, I thought I hated masculinity but it just turned out I, I hated um, what they call toxic masculinity. Sure, and people, of course. Uh, but she said, by hanging out with queer people, butches, uh, transmasculine people who know how to be hard and strong, but right. also considerate, she said it's rebuilding my relationship with masculinity. Yeah. Um, and like she realized like a lot of the shit that I actually am hung up on masculinity was just the way my father treated me. That makes so, sense. I think that makes sense. I think because that that's the only way you've received an example of masculinity that's like you're the, the somebody who's supposed to love you and and our father figures and mother anybody who's above us who is supposed to love you i do think we interpret whatever they do to us we go forward in the world and be like oh well that must be what love is yeah and so we kind of re- reenact it and to break out of that but my thought uh uh to finish was just that when we celebrate queer values or feminism Mm -hmm. we're really talking about making it okay for everyone to be whatever they are like yes permissiveness and allowance for the straightest fucking most privileged people whatever to like finally be like these rigid very toxic roles that society a capitalist patriarchal colonial fucking society has created for us are allowed to you can just be i i saw um i talked about on here a little bit before but do you know taylor mack is uh, who, who is that? It's this uh, uh, drag performer and artist, and they they did this uh, show I saw recently. But their show um, was so powerful to me because of the overwhelming sense of like permissiveness, mm-hmm. and that an ironic thing I think in all art and culture that's associated with like queer art and culture is that it's very radical. Yeah. But the irony is like the radical idea is that everything's cool. Like you can be whatever you want to be. No big deal. You know, I, I think if you um, want to get a really uh, powerful sense, I think drag, like you said, is the thing to, um, to look into right now because the culture of drag is change, tra- changing too, because for a long time, it really was, this is for cisgender men, a uh, gay men to put on uh, the persona of, of womanhood mm. and exaggerate it. Right, in order to celebrate it or lampoon the 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 sexism in the, right. uh, in, our, in our culture, but now we're seeing that um, it can really uh, uh, for drag queens rather there sure. are drag queens too. Yeah, uh, but now we're we're kind of seeing it that it is a way to exaggerate all of the shit that all of us are expected to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, a cisgender woman 
can put on that same exaggerated femininity. And she's saying just as powerful a statement as RuPaul right. in a dress, you know? Uh, and I think that's lovely. I do too. I think that's actually very important. Um, I have known, I have known women who have a little bit like, you know, they know they're not allowed to say it and they, you know, whenever, we, but like have a little bit of uh, frustration with drag stuff because they feel a little bit like, like they're not like, like this thing that they've been punished for, for thousands and thousands of years, like being a woman and being like made is like somehow also being taken by men to a certain degree. Yeah. And you know? uh, when there was some pushback from the, uh, 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 RuPaul's drag race, uh, RuPaul kind of like stepped in it a bit and was like, this is just for gay men. Uh, it really did feel that way. It kind of like, yeah. uh, and it was especially problematic of him to say that because transgender women have been part of and probably contribute a lot of the culture of drag queens. They've just always yeah. been there. But for a long time, we didn't have the vocabulary to label the difference between a drag queen, a transvestite, a trans woman. Right. Uh, so Some That's trans women in the 70s, uh, 60s earlier, they, they would self-identify as a transvestite or a drag queen. But we now know that context clues they were probably actually a woman mm. themselves and peppermint who was on uh, i think two seasons ago of drag uh, of drag race she just was the first one during the competition to say yeah i'm a woman mm. yeah would well, you mind i guess i don't really know the difference between then transvestite trans woman mm-hmm. like what is the difference oh okay a transvestite uh for the most part, is somebody who uh, usually a, a man, and he likes to dress up uh, in, in women's clothing, and it can either be just uh, for empowerment's sake, or to tap into his femininity, or even uh, you know, it can be something uh, slightly uh, fetishistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a kink. Uh, whereas a trans woman uh, is separated from all of that. It's all like all of the uh, essentialist parts of of gender. Uh, the the parts that they're like, you have to have all of these things to be a woman. Uh, completely uh, decontextualize that mm. and just say, I am a woman. Got it. Yeah. It's like um, people want to say like women and trans women, but we uh, you have to realize that trans is just um, the describing word. It's So it'd be like saying women and black women. Ah, that's yeah. really good. That's yeah. really good to understand. So yeah, trans women are women, trans men are men and non-binary people they're going their own way baby yeah yeah well see that's that's i think what is so amazing about it and why these movements should be supported by all people no matter how much you fit a paradigm that exists already and is celebrated already because i guess like because you just fucking don't know who you're gonna be tomorrow you 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 might know who you've been your whole life you might not and the idea that we would create any rules in a society that say people should be this way or this way on the most basic level, it yeah. sounds insane. Sounds no. like so draconian and fascistic. Oh, honey, fascistic. I, I, yeah, I, I, I do not understand how anybody can be hateful towards another person uh, when the person is just different from them and they're not hurting anybody. I mean, this is this is like something that comes back to me all the fucking time is like you learn in kindergarten how to be a good person, you know, just be nice to people, yeah. let them be whatever they are. But like, then I think part of it is like as soon as you get out of kindergarten, you start being told you need to be the best. Yeah. And you are the best. That's interesting. I think that's true. I also think by the time you get to puberty, you get weird chemicals in your body that start m- making you less than your higher self sometimes. Uh, I can tell you, you know? I understand that because I am literally going through a second puberty right now. I'm experiencing. What's that the- like? <sighs> 
<laughs> also, because you're going through like a male's puberty, and I, I'm curious insane. about the difference. What is it? What I is it? I am hungry, horny, tired, and frustrated a thousand percent more than I used to be. Damn. Yeah. Like I, my body is mutating, uh, in like the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, I, it's cha- it changes the way your brain works. Mm-hmm. Like these are literally the chemicals that power everything in your, a lot of things right. in your body. Like, it, it, you know, it's even, it's even like, this is, this is some tea. Cause a lot of people don't know this, uh, cause they haven't done studies on it. Testosterone can actually change your sexuality, your preferences. Really? Yes. They're, um, cause it's happening to me huh. and I can also report that sometimes there'll be, uh, I, and I can only speak for like, uh, transmasculine stuff. I'm not sure, sure what happens, uh, with women when they are, when they are, or non-binary people who go on, um, mm-hmm. estrogen. Uh, there are people who report, um, their entire lives, they had been a lesbian. Now they want to, they just want to suck that D. Uh, there are people really? who've, who've been gay, uh, just been with men. And now they're like, oh, I actually can, um, instead of just objectively knowing that a woman is beautiful, I am actually attracted. Hmm. There's like a sensual connection there. Yeah. And that's happening to me a little bit more. Wow. I would say that I'm probably homo romantic, uh, to use the most, <laughs> okay. uh, Tumblr word for it. Uh, like where you are. Your sexuality, like your um, the boning part is yeah. uh, is I mostly into dudes. Yeah, but I also like can feel like an intimacy with women now that I oh that that's is more so that is more sensual and like sexual. Uh, uh, so I think I'm probably just like a little bit flexible on that. Um, huh. yeah, but uh, I I did nobody tells you that, and I think it's because even doctors. Uh, still don't know a lot. I act like almost every trans man I know and every non-binary guy I know that we talk in our groups say that they have to correct their doctors often. I think the, that's so interesting, like, because in a wider sense, I think, um, and I don't mean to take away from it, I just think I, there's so much to learn that's applicable. Like, people might listen to somebody who's, you know, trans or, or different from them and go, well, oh, that's different from me. But yeah. to me, there's like everything you're going through feels directly applicable to experiences in my life and a million other people's lives where it's like, we really don't understand why we are what we are or how we are, how we are. And I think it's shocking how difficult it is for people to truly get out of their own experience right? and believe like to believe in their guts and their fucking sex parts that like a reality would be different for other people than it is for them. Yeah, no. And, um, I think the the disconnect that we're having, because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if being a woman is not about having ovaries or, you know, being able to bear children, uh, then what does make a woman? What do you? So I, I think what's happening is we don't have this. The science hasn't caught up. Yes. Which but, P.S. Is, is really outside of the political stuff and implications. What I really want to get into your thoughts on are that are like, yeah. what is the because masculine feminine in uh the yin yang sense and like this idea of like a an energy that's like hard or so like i think we misgender a lot of concepts also like strength is something that we gender that we say strength is masculine masculine and weakness is femininity and i think that's where a lot of our problems uh with like sexism and homophobia come from is the idea of opting to be feminine Mm. is weak and repulsive. Well, that, yeah, and I should say, I don't even, misgender is the wrong word too. I, I should have said straight up gender. Like strength is a thing that's a thing. Like yeah. men, women, you're strong. But that there are then some things that we acknowledge we do kind of fit into a camp of like in the universal sense of describing spirituality or mythology or whatever, there's feminine and masculine. Yeah, I think it's, um, it comes down to, 
uh, and I, I don't get too woo woo with like the stuff that I believe in. Cause like, uh, like I do think being trans part of it is like a spirituality thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people, especially the ones who don't necessarily want to do the, uh, the physical trans, uh, uh, transition. I think a lot of it and I, and, or like the, the two spirit community, um, in, in native culture, that is I'm, like a re- religious right. I don't know what that is. Uh, that is where that's usually where you, uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, adjacent or equivalent to being transgender, and okay. that's where like it's usually a religious right. So please don't just appropriate uh, that term and say you're you're two spirit. Uh, a lot of them are like I am a man, I'm a woman, I'm neither, mm. and that's that. I'm non-binary, so uh, I identify with that. I in like just in my like soul of souls, I know I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. Uh, hmm. But if I were to say if I were you to, you read yeah, you know me that. I am I uh, if I were to say like. At, we have like the, if we have that whole spectrum, that yin yang thing, where one end of it is masculinity and one end of it is femininity, and then the center is like just straight David Bowie androgyny. Mm-hmm. Like I put me a few clicks towards the male side. Gotcha. But like if it was a bus route, I don't get off at the end of the line. You know, I, I get off yeah. before that. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna get up and we'll probably get some bleed and sound. But my house is too hot to leave this window. Oh, no, we're going into summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think it I think as we move down the road like and these this language becomes more available to people and this understanding of is this spectrum is like to me that's that's the like why if anybody has problems with this what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say there's like liberation in this concept for every human being. Cause I know yeah. as a guy who grew up who by all rights is just a straight white male, like I feel really fucking weird. I, I, those ideas of masculine, feminine. And I started, I feel like I got more comfortable engaging with it just because of theater and stuff like that. You know, these these mm-hmm. communities that are more expressive and open and on whatever. And and I think for whatever reason, I just started being like, I don't know. But but also as somebody who is like, just has the privileges that society gives me as this identity. I'm not like interested in like <laughs> being like appropriating all the queer stuff and being like, I'm queer too. But the point is, I think everybody is a lot of different things and trying to say like, oh, we know the words for this thing that I am and I've known it since the day I was born is so fucking wrong. Like, Yeah, and we've been doing it forever, by the way. Uh, Jesus talks about trans people in the Bible. Really? Yeah, the Bible. And uh, the, the word for it at the time uh, was a catch-all for anybody who was basically queer. It was a way... To uh, it was uh, basically uh, synonymous with like eunuch, uh-huh. uh huh. And I'm not sure uh, what that meant for people assigned female at birth because mm-hmm. I feel like it was mostly talking about like maybe men uh, uh, or people you would identify as men being like, no, no, that's not the case. Uh, and they were usually uh, made into eunuchs. They were made into like servants and stuff like that. And there was the stigma even back then. And there yeah. are passages where in the Bible where Jesus says. No, actually, those people are chill as hell, if anything, because man is not actually or God is not actually a man or a woman. The Holy Spirit part. Right. They are maybe even closer to God than we are. Right. That's uh, so interesting. Uh, and, and, and that's in the Bible. Yeah. So that's not that's I mean, that my, that's my interpretation. But I think it's really funny when um, people try to justify their uh their homophobia or their transphobia in the Bible because yeah. not many passages exist that explicitly 
forbid it. Right. And the ones that do also forbid stuff like eating shellfish yeah. and say that you can sell your daughter <laughs> and say that you yeah. can't even mix uh, textiles. Dude, when I so was... So if you wear a polyester blend, you are as bad as a faggot. Hell yeah. When I was a kid, <laughs> I like love... When I was go, go to church, I'd get bored. I loved reading Leviticus just because I like lists. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. And it's so insane and entertaining to get into that shit and be like... Just these weird, li- all these specific weird birds and shit that you're like, they're abominations. Yeah, and they don't realize, because I grew up Southern Baptist, so honey, I know a little bit, yeah. uh, is when Jesus came around, they're like, a lot of this doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, follow the Ten Commandments, uh, accept Jesus as your savior, yeah. you're tight, you're good. I don't know if I've said it on here, but I'll just say it again. I have this theory about uh, the New versus Old Testament, like just my my overarching theory about it is like the, the first testament is you have this figure of god being like i don't fucking get it i created these people i tell them what to do and they keep doing the things i tell them not to do and i just don't know why they would do that yeah. and i keep sending floods and Which destroying the their cities which is the most interesting about thing about god uh especially in the in the old testament well, well so i feel like he's like i don't understand what are you guys doing i i fucking i tell you what to do and you keep doing and and they kind of the response kind of is like ah well you know, if you think it's so fucking easy to be a person, you try it. And then he's like, oh, all right, I will. And then comes down and is Jesus. And they're and like, oh, actually, we can't handle this. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just like, hey, just love each other, you know? Like, it's And they all were like, sudden, that sounds insane. Yeah. Kill that man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like as soon as you're in a human body and he, you know, the figure of Jesus just is not accounted for for like 30 years of figuring shit out and still, still like flips over tables uh, when he sees money in the church. Yeah. And, uh. Uh, you know, is straight up a communist by saying, I'm going to feed up. everybody with these uh, these loaves and fishes. Yeah. He didn't turn away any of the gay people, just saying. No, Jesus is socialist as hell. And his best friend was a whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And best friend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't know. We don't know. He's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We won't. I don't want you to get I, too I many. I don't that, want you to get too many emails. <laughs> no, the thing is like, I mean, uh, I don't, I, I think the Bible comes up a surprising amount in this for like, I don't practice, you know, outside of like, I love the holidays and stuff like that. I don't go to church. I haven't gone to church since I was a little kid. And yeah. even when I was a kid, we weren't like super religious. We went consistently. I learned the stories. Uh, and this is like a weird coincidence because the interview I did just the other day with Aaron Robinson, she is still a practicing Christian, and so we talked about it a lot. Uh, I just think it's very important, as much as you don't like it and you associate it with the politics uh, that, that have like hijacked it into this disgusting thing, um, it does help you understand the way this society has structured itself, the tools of control, the like things, the, the basic morals at the center of it, to look at like Abrahamic faiths and understand those texts, even just as literature. Mm-hmm. And also, quite frankly, there's some very beautiful, I think about the lily of the field idea like all the fucking time. No, there is some beautiful prose to be had in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, it's just that like it just gets co-opted by people with agendas that aren't necessarily in the best interest of everybody. Well, I've been thinking about that uh, not to like go too down this political road or something, but I just think it's interesting. And, and uh, you know, we can't separate politics and art and culture from mental health. It's just it's our fucking reality. Right. But um, that that words and and the the am I? Yeah. OK. And the meaning um of them, like freedom or the, the, you know, liberty for all or what being an American is have or racist like people will straight up be white supremacist racist be like i don't think black and white people should live together and then you'll say you're a racist and they go no i'm not because in their brain they just think racist means bad it means that like you they think that it means that you want 
those people did not exist. And I think that they're not following the logic that the way that all of that would have to happen, you know, like the white yeah, nationalism. Oh, yeah, well, that shit's fucking it's crazy. It's like you would have to kill, you would have to do a genocide I, that's to make what that I think happen. Of them too. And it's, I mean, not to get too, because I'll get furious and I think we're living yeah, in we a don't disgu- start we're living like a disgusting time. Yeah. But like, uh, when Trump was doing his immigrant thing and everyone who wanted to vote for the non-immigrant thing was like saying like, oh, it'll, it, you know... <laughs> It's fine. We're just going to get them out. It's like, how do you think that happens? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the last time uh, we started like putting people on a bunch of trains and shipping them off places did not go well. How do you think that happened? Yeah. I can't even, I I, I was losing my, yeah, no, uh, that shit's so evil. The ice, ice is straight up fucking evil. Ice is Gestapo. Uh, They, they seriously are. And also (laughs) not to get political, but they should have their heads cut off. No. Um, but like (laughs) truly though, ice hasn't even been around for like more than eight years. They're not like cops who are coming to get us right now. No, because cops, um, although uh, I don't like cops either, uh, Cops usually at least uh, follow jurisdiction. Yeah. And, and they don't uh, fucking just pick people up and and, and lock children in internment camps. Exactly. Uh, they, they at least ostensibly are here to protect and serve, to do something. They're, where they're at least, protecting people's property. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or at least on some level, like, oh, they'll, they'd try to stop a murderer if he was going to attack you with an axe and they were there. Like, h- hypothetically. Yeah. ICE is explicitly only there to... Gestapo people to round up to round up the undesirables, as, as Donald unquote. Trump called yeah. it. Yeah. It's, anyway, let's so, get off this whatever. topic. Before Vote socialist I, as fuck, please. Let's mm-hmm. like save this goddamn nation. Yeah, uh, honestly. Anyway, uh, so uh, should we talk more about like? Uh, well, yeah. Other, so, so I'm. Uh, what should we talk about? What do you want to talk about? Uh, you had mentioned like you want to know like uh, you had mentioned uh, you had asked like. Uh, if I if I suffer from any uh, mental illness and besides oh, yeah, PTSD, yeah. we'll get into those cues. Uh, let me take a quick pause. I have to pee really bad. I yeah, drink dude, too much water, and then and maybe we'll cool down from like this fucking. <laughs> no, it's me. It's it's us. We're. No, that's that's a good trait. Okay, one second. King, and we're talking. I'm talking. Thank you. I'm back. I was just saying that uh, I was full of pee, and that was probably making it, me extra agitated. So yeah. Um, but I also thought to turn it bright is like, look, they're coming to take us away first. No, they the heard us. Um, the um, but just that. The thought that's making us so mad is that there's this evil that seems to be happening and we don't know what to do about it. But I'd like to think that what we're doing right now is literally something about it. It's, yeah. Oh, God, that really is. Yeah, uh, uh, we live in L.A. This is just like every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's just normal life. But just like, thank you again. Like, just any kind of understanding we have for each other and that like just in this conversation uh, that helps everybody out there like fucking not feel alone in their craziness or in their like differences or whatever. I really think this is the work of making the world better. Yeah. So uh, let's like, uh, yeah, I'm like resetting into like, no, but we're doing a good thing. Even though there's all this horrible evil out there, this is good. No, I think if you lose optimism, that's, that's how we lose. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, you're going to well, have bad days where you don't want to be optimistic or you don't want to feel like you have hope. Uh, but you have to just like keep resetting every day and be, and be grateful that you get another day. I, uh, I was having that. that. sounds like, uh, like, uh, like AA stuff. I'm sorry. No, no, but that's, don't be sorry. I love that. We had my friend talk about AA stuff on here. I, I think uh, like weirdly to this theme of like what to me, uh, the, the uh, truly like the mental health importance of like understanding to me, like the trans experience, the queer experience in general is, is a uh, permissiveness is to say like, whatever you are, whatever works for you is okay. As mm-hmm. long as it doesn't obviously like fuck with other people. Yeah. But, and like, besides like that, those identity things, I have felt so much healthier once I just started talking about everything. 
Hell yeah. I have like kind of, obviously I still, I have parts about my, my private life uh, that I don't talk about, right. especially if I'm respecting somebody else's privacy. Right. But I realized my work got better. My comedy became more relevant mm-hmm. and easy to connect to when I stopped just trying to be like, what's a take on cookies? <laughs> and <laughs> and started being like, oh, I should talk about everything that I have never even allowed myself to talk about in therapy. Yeah. Fuck. And that is when my work got better. I think I would extend that on say for any anybody, once you start doing the things that you're really afraid of, saying the things that you really think, that's like when you, I mean, you do have to do the work of figuring out if it's something you really think. I think a lot of people yeah. confuse uh, opinions with a point of view. Like, a, Yeah, exactly. You know? Especially if they didn't necessarily arrive at it themselves, but got fed it by some yeah. shithead who is a pseudo intellectual Jordan Peterson. Fuck yeah. I agree with that completely. What a dipshit. <laughs> Redistribution of sex. Redistribution. Ugh, oh I kick god it. that shit is Little, like mind-blowing and like all of these people that's the same as the immigration thing ps yeah. of, of like of like how do you think that happens when they're like no we're not talking about sexual slavery of women how do you think what you're saying no i Sorry. think <laughs> it, yeah we're gonna get too hyped up again uh but like <laughs> we should just start a podcast that's just like what the fuck it's yeah. called what the fuck every week and it's just like <laughs> no maybe it's called what do you think happens yeah that's what it's called <laughs> how do you think that works piece of shit uh, but no, I gotta, I gotta just talk about everything and then I have to try to find like little places where I can be grateful when the day sucks. Yeah. I also think like just how you can make things funny that are miserable. I, I that happened to me. I was having a terrible depressive episode and I was, um, I, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to think that I have survived my, um, my own suicide. Like I, I think I like yeah. to think that I've gotten through that phase of my life and it won't happen again. But the fact that it's making me emotional right now makes me know like no, the wolf thank is you always for at the door. Feeling comfortable enough to talk about it, not Hell just yeah. with me, but like to your audience. That's oh, so yeah. fucking cool. I don't know if I've like talked explicitly about that, but and you it, don't have to go into any yeah, ego, no, and I will. I, I mean, I'm my fucking. I'm asking you. I'll be. I'll be open as a fucking book. But like. I think the Kate Spade thing or the Rob Williams thing when it happened, like there's, there's people who, um, kill themselves still in the culture that they really scare me when it happens. Cause I'm like, um, damn, I, I think I've survived it. I think it was like really bad in my late twenties and that was it. And I've figured out that I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but then the, those happen and you're like, Ooh, that's a, if you don't take care of yourself and that demon, like you gotta, that wolf comes for you. Maybe. Do you think that that, um, inclination to, be surprised is because like we always figure that people who have been around longer have their shit together. Yes. Like that, that sort of like scam that every adult tells children about like, I know what's going on. And then when you get to adulthood, you're like, Oh no, everybody is just doing this shit Uh on the fly all the time. Screaming naked. They're absolutely wrong about some stuff. And, uh, and yeah. And like, you can, you can go into old age and be isolated and that's super depressing. And we yeah. have to be, we have to be honest about that. Yeah. And if you're not, well, cause the other thing is I, I guess like some that if you don't talk about it, if you don't like, if you're not open about like your actual real experience of things, like that's the festers. And then you really are dealing with it alone. And I've come to learn very much. I, I, as much as I love the masculine cowboy romance of like my fucking bootstraps and I'm going to deal with everything. I want to be, I want to be like, sometimes I'm like, I want to be Ernest Hemingway so much. 
But didn't he fucking right. drink himself to death? I always yeah, think so that. Exactly. Dude, like, like D days, like D day was today, the the anniversary of D day. Yeah, and, and there's lo- people love to do this trope, this snowflake trope of like eighteen year olds in D day were running into machine guns and 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 now they need safe spaces. And you're like, oh yeah, that generation of men was a great example of how to yeah. deal with your feelings. None of them drank themselves to death. None of them like beat their fucking wives and yeah, kids. None uh, of them were completely miserable. All of them miserable. are very uh, like. Uh, it's easy for them to access their emotions, even to themselves. No, yeah. it's awful. We have like, you know, we are just now coming into a time where men are allowed to admit any weakness. Yeah. Well, also like, tr- let's see where this country or is. vulnerability, in. I should say, yeah. not weakness. Like, l- I also think, give it 20 years and we'll see, like, y- you'll see how willing, like, quote unquote, soft people are to run into machine guns if the reason is there. Like, I'm talking about I mean, fucking fascists. Most people are having <laughs> to fight for their lives. I... I consider myself a giant sissy baby, but I have kind of gotten myself into the mentality that if I have to defend myself, I will. Well, okay. I have big thoughts about that, which we should come back to in just a second to finish this one about just like to make it bright. Like, so my, I was like having this horrible depressive episode and I was uh, talking to my girlfriend about it. And I, and I was like, she's like, how do you, and I just kind of started trying to make jokes about it. I was like, well, I mean, I just feel like I should probably like, um, like, like put myself in a garbage bag mm-hmm. and then find a garbage truck and like get in the garbage truck and, and then hopefully they'll cover the garbage won't notice and then they'll, they'll compress me and then I won't exist anymore. And then she was like, oh, but how are you going to, um, but they're going to see your head like yeah, in, so out you're of the bag. Like going through the logistics yeah, of and, it. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just have to put another bag on top of my head and hopefully they won't see me. And, and, and then we're just like laughing about like my horrible self-immolation instincts. I, I have to make like jokes about these horrible thoughts you have because otherwise like where do they go? Like, it, I, And it also can be a way um, – I was doing it just today. The stuff I was talking about had happened. I – immediately started making jokes about it. I was like, hey, baby, if I get hate crime during Pride, that means I get to be extra gay. You have to put up with it. Uh, And being like, oh, I guess you can't really say that that you've made it as a trans comedian without being physically assaulted or threatened. Uh, And and it really is a, it was a way for me to get my sense of control back. Mm. It was a way for me to process what had happened. Uh, and I will say yeah. like the negative side of it, uh, but it is mostly positive, but there is a, a little bit of part of me being like, can I deal with this right now? For sure. Yeah. Uh, you can. Yeah. Just the fact that you're fucking sitting here talking about it is like fucking, of course, yes, you can. Yeah. And just the fact that you've gotten to where you are in your life makes you stronger than fucking 99% of human beings that walk the earth. Let's oh, be real. Oh, thank you. I, Let's I, be real. <laughs> no, no, that's true though. I mean, I always think that like just surviving is at all is yeah. like an achievement and to do it. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I, my childhood was really rough and I, for a long time, I tr- minimized it away. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be normal so badly, uh, that I didn't want to say like my f- father abandoned my mother, uh, and immediately went and got another woman pregnant, uh, and raised that baby. And so I have a, a half sister who's only six months younger than me mm-hmm. that I met at 24. Uh, you didn't I, meet her till you were 24? Yeah. I didn't know that she existed. Are um, you guys, how are you now? Do you guys communicate? Uh, there, there's that part of it too. Um, when I came out, I was already not talking to my mother because I went through a lot of abuse and neglect. Um, and I'll just like say that, sorry, this is like trigger warning stuff. Uh, about the, the worst stuff that you can think of. And then on top of that, the people who would have to bail me out when like my mom 
would have an episode and couldn't keep a job because she's also uh she was uh she's mentally disabled she had a traumatic brain injury mm. uh so she kind of like didn't emotionally develop past the age of I think about like 14 mm. that's what it feels like to me because that's around the time that when I was about 14 I was like oh I'm kind of raising myself at this point she mm-hmm. can't really do a whole lot for me uh besides her I had my grandparents who were conservative Christians uh who were super hateful in in some ways but they loved me and so that was a complicated relationship and very toxic mm. um I dealt with I I, I dealt with um you know, sexual assault. Uh, I, I, I dealt with, um, the, the thing that happened to me at 14. Uh, you know, I, I've dealt with a lot and for a long time, I just pretended that it didn't happen to me. Uh, I think because I, I thought I could just wish myself normal in quotation marks, Mm. (laughs) uh, that I could just be like, well, if I can just get this out of my mind, uh, and just like look towards the future, uh, then I will be functioning. But really, it was kind of like walking around on a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's how my my first therapist described it. She that's, was like, "Yeah, she was like, you've been living with an injury your entire life. So why are you surprised that you that you are so out of it and in pain and like not able to function in your relationships and engage and connect with people? Yeah, uh, I couldn't talk like this this openly about this stuff yeah. a year ago." Like I had to write it down on pieces of paper and then read it out loud to my therapist. That was how bad it was. Um, and I, I still, it's still hard sometimes, you know, I'll get like that, 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 that Mm -hmm. chest clenchy feeling where you're like, and that's where I think people need to realize that vulnerability and softness, uh, is just as hard. Like it is strength because you have to push through the fear. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I've been through it and I'm only now just being like, oh yeah, it was hard. But I also know I, there are people who've had, who have it worse. And so I just try to keep it in perspective that like, I'm, I'm lucky I'm here and I'm lucky that for the circumstances of my life that I have now, I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a job. I have friends who like me, uh, to go back to my family. Unfortunately, when I started transitioning, they just kind of pretended that it wasn't happening. They kept using my old name and pronouns and, I Which had, is a big fucking... It is a big deal. Please don't do that. And especially if you um, knew the person before or if you if you like figure out what their, their old name is, don't don't ask them about it mm-hmm. uh, unless they talk to you about it. Um, and then my top surgery came up. That's where you get kind of... Uh, if you're transmasculine, you, you get like a, a, like a, a mastectomy mm-hmm. that is specifically designed to like give you more of a masculine chest. Uh, and... It is not as bad as other surgeries, but it is still major surgery. You're yeah. put under, uh, and you know, there are I complications. think it's important, like to remember any surgery is major surgery. My yeah. mom had a very routine surgery earlier this year and like for sure almost died. Yeah. The complications like, can be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like tiny complications, yeah, like, and like then, you can get horrible complications from, uh, one of the sutures being loose. That's what my mom and like, yeah. just it bleeds out and you get this clot and it starts to like suffocate your brain yeah, basically just the amnesia part alone just that uh did you know that anesthesiologists don't um technically know how it works they just know that it works cool yeah uh <laughs> so they have to explain these things Science. to you and they have, um my family didn't call or ask about how i was doing or wish me luck and yeah. that's when i knew fundamentally that these people were people who raised me but they weren't my family 
Hmm. Um, and that really sucks. And that only happened in January where I had to tell them like, you don't respect me. Um, and also my partner at the time, it was my first gay relationship as, you know, as a gay dude. Um, and I had to be like, if you don't respect me, I know you're not going to respect him. And he also just came out of the closet and I cannot, I'm not going to let anyone hurt him. Um, so I, I haven't, I haven't really talked to anybody since January. The thing you said earlier about the broken leg thing, like when you, when you have these like traumas that you carry, I think, um, like people really don't understand. Sometimes they will, like the reason you are able to show up and be strong for somebody that you love now, like this, this boyfriend yeah, is because you like you wouldn't be capable of protecting people if you were still broken. Do you no, know what I'm saying? Think, I think part of it also is a little bit of like a Batman syndrome. Sure. Where I was like, I was wronged. I'm going to make sure that nobody else can wrong people the way that I was hurt. Yes, but I, I think that's good. And I think that that's like understanding that because I think there's a lot of martyrdom in our culture and stuff in, in general. And, and like yeah. people like scoff at the idea of self-love or self-care. And and I think it hits a lot of our puritanically programmed brains still as like a kind of narcissism. Yeah. Sh- like shame is like our, our currency. Totally. Yeah. Like who can, yeah, who can experience more shame, demonstrate more shame is, but um, understanding like if I don't fix my broken leg, I'm not going to be able to run. I'm not going to be able to fight for you. I'm not going to be able to stand up for you. Mm-hmm. Like you have to heal your wounds so that you can show up for the people that you love and respect. Yeah, put your oxygen mask on yourself and then help the, the people who, who need help with it. That's so real. And yep. also what you were saying about like a little bit ago, but coming to conclusion about defending yourself. Like I think it's really, there's um in self-defense psychology, they, there is a, one of the, most interesting things I ever heard uh, in I've done a lot of time in like martial arts, different martial arts. And I focus more on quote unquote sport martial arts, which are just focused on like the techniques of functional fighting, but don't get too much into um, I I think if you're interested in getting into like self-defense quote unquote, it's, it doesn't have to do with techniques so much as psychological ideas. Knowing knowing how how to be prepared and, and, and then also like to know when or when uh when you don't need to do it yes yes but also i'm just even getting a little bit weirder uh is honestly understanding trying to program your body to be ready to process the uh, insane the immense fear oh yeah and and just the understanding like this is really happening somebody's really trying to hurt me because our bodies and our brains it's so anathema as good people to believe that's possible and that um a lot of people, they, they, I guess in the self-defense stuff, they said a lot of times often women have a tougher time with this uh, than, than men just because of the way they're programmed. Yeah, women have to have a game plan. Well, they have to have a game plan, but they also, it's um, like uh, the, most women, they are more a majority in, the, in this, the anecdotal, like whatever understanding of the self-defense teachings was that like if you gave them a scenario where their friend or their sister or somebody was being attacked, they would fucking go crazy and defend that person. But if you yourself are being attacked, they would just freeze up and not like you, the point coming to that. It is very important to, I think everybody to go through uh, an exercise with yourself of understanding that you are worth fighting for. Oh, that's great. That like like one is worth protecting, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. I, yeah. And I know. And I, 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 I only got, the sense that I was worth defending and uh, and I was only worth being somebody who could help fight for others mm-hmm. like recently. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, people say like, not only do I look different and sound different, people are like, 
you're very different. Like you can actually have confrontational uh, discussions and not be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I used to be the kind of person that when I got angry and uh, uh, women sometimes uh, tell me they, they experience this too. And so this might be something hormonal. I don't know. Just like in a, in a chemical mm-hmm. sense, I would cry when I was angry. I get that reaction, which is so interesting. It's so I would get so frustrated. But when you do yeah. that, sometimes it's it's like perceived as weakness or that you're like becoming like too emotional to be rational. Uh, that doesn't happen to me anymore. Mm. And I, I and it might be part of testosterone makes it harder for you to um, literally cry. Really? Yeah. It uh, it like messes with something in the tear ducts. But also, I just don't get that. I don't feel angry in the same way anymore. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like the anger even mm. manifests in different parts of my body now. What do you think that's about? I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it is really just like the way that because um, hormones are chemicals, right? They are just affecting your. But the d- way we usually associate testosterone with people having shorter triggers or like getting angrier quicker. Uh, I think that I, I'm not sure if that um, might be the case with like people who who use uh, it uh, just to. Like if you're like a cisgender man and you decide to take yeah. it to like bulk up and stuff, that might be a well, thing. Actually, I, I didn't even mean that like because roid rage is a big myth. I'm not going to like get too down yeah, that yeah. road. But trans men uh, have reported that they actually feel way more mellow on it because they just feel more correct and healthy. That, yeah. Well, see, that's what it seems like. I would think there's two thoughts that occurred to me when we were talking. One of them was like maybe from a chemical standpoint, the like traditional masculine like confidence, quote yeah. unquote, does sort of like if you gain maybe there's some hormonal um, like foundation there that like the traditional masculine idea of a confidence would be make you less likely to be riled or to be like feel maybe. But I just sitting here and listening to you, I would suggest that it seems more like you're just in touch with your truth in, in I this think that's essential what it way. Is. Yeah. I, I think uh, there's probably a science component to it, but I don't, I don't have a degree in it, so I can't speak on it. Right. And like everybody suddenly when it comes to like uh, gender and hormones suddenly thinks that they are uh, like a PhD in chemistry. Totally. And I'm like, honey, even the chemists aren't sure how this is happening. Right. Um, and Which is why I think it's important, and what we're doing, I, 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 it's I'm a broken record, but I, I always say everyone's an authority on their own experience. Yeah, and and hearing your experience with it is like, and the experiences of everybody who has their own individual experience is the only way that we start to understand. No, I think I think uh, specifically, if you are not sure how to approach somebody who's trans especially somebody who um is non-binary mm-hmm. uh, and trans and that's where you don't identify as a man or a woman uh because a lot of times we want to figure out like okay what is it like what's the deal with this mm-hmm. uh how can we like generalize so i can just understand easily uh the more that you realize uh with every individual but it's more pronounced with people who are different you just have to trust that they are an authority on themselves <sighs> And they're telling you the truth about themselves. And there's not usually, there's not a reason to lie about something like this. People sometimes say that people say that they're trans for attention. You don't want this attention. <laughs> That's the fucking craziest shit ever. That well, you just, you know what's interesting? You know that Oprah thing? Like when people tell you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Which it might be Maya Angelou through Oprah or something. But <laughs> that thing I heard from Oprah. Yeah. Um, like, 
it's so, I'm just having this epiphany of like, we usually hear that in the sense of like a savior complex. We stay with people who are bad for us because we're like, oh, I know what they are, yeah, really, but who the they really side, are. Yeah, on the flip side, it can be a positive thing too. Yes. You can, you can go, I can say, listen, I am not a man or a woman, but uh, a lot of the things that um, you would label as like a man, like the physical body, uh, you know, uh, uh, and like other facets of masculinity that I I identify with, I don't just, I just don't label that as being a man. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I'm sorry that I don't necessarily have an easy categorization for what my gender is. Right. Uh, so I use the very like umbrella non-binary. Sure. There are other people who have like more specific definitions. Um, what pronouns do you prefer? I use they, them. Uh-huh. Uh, and I also, uh, am fine if you use like any like mask ones, like he, like I, 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 I realize there is a certain point where you just have to give people a break if they're strangers. Totally. So if some somebody clocks me as a dude at the grocery store, I'm not going to be like, did you just assume my gender? Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. know, and like, uh, which by the way, um, that kind of person doesn't, that's really a straw man if there was. Like, I, I, if you, I if totally you, agree you, with that. If you do experience that, that was probably because you were saying something super, super mean and you were probably the straw that broke the camel's back on that person's day. Yeah. But otherwise... Most people are cool and we'll just be like, hey, actually, my pronouns are this. Can you do this? I, yeah. I, that's, I mean, dude, that's, that's the fucking dumbass. That's why the internet's like grinding our brains off is because it creates this hot take culture, this like uh, hilariously, ironically binary culture where you're just like, I'm this or I'm that. And these are this and this is that. We need to put everything as a definition and an understanding that we can all say it's this instead of like a softness where like, the the life really exists in this twilight zone. And I have not met a single person in my life that if you don't approach them with like true, like well-intentioned kindness, respect for their fucking personage, like that isn't going to be like cut you slack too as a person. Like, Uh, okay. I'm going to say something really douchey, but I do (laughs) believe it. Uh, Have you ever like in an acting class, uh, they're like, if you are, um, if you forget your line or you get confused, look at your partner's eyes. And then you'll figure out like how to get back on track. I, I think have not heard that, but that's good advice. It, it works. Yeah. If, if you are going up in a play or something and you're like, oh, uh, look at your person because they're they're waiting for their cue line. So they're trying to like they're like trying to right. impact that right into your brain. Uh, I also believe the reason that that works and the reason why we have so much fighting uh, is because we are not looking each other in the mm-hmm. eyes. And that's where our humanity is. I think you're right. I also know for myself, I have a weird thing about eye contact where I'm like afraid of it. I am too. I uh, used to, I used to avoid it because my mom, a lot of things with my mom, a lot of, uh, she also had paranoia about people judging her. And so she would literally tell me, don't look at me. Yes. Which I mean, is I think, really weird to have your caretaker that, tell you. So totally. I, so oh, I had to yeah. actually, I had to, I had to do therapy, uh, really intense shit where we had to stare at each other yeah. just so I could learn how to look people in the eye. I used to say that about my, one of my first therapists that like, I was like, I was like, I'd, I'd pay for it just for the uninterrupted eye contact. <laughs> like it's like this place you can do it. Yeah. I, it's funny that you said that, that your mom said that, like that is my experience of it is typically not a sensation of uh, fear of other people. It's like, I'm afraid that they'll see something in me that's bad or they'll think that I'm trying to be invasive or, you know, there's something. It's, a, it's- it was a very submissive thing on my part. Mm-hmm. It was me n- wanting to make my mom happy, even if it meant I was uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and I can admit that now. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I look people when I finally make eye contact, I just start crying. Like there is something very powerful and that is it's in like a, a connection. Confron- it can be a confrontation that is, you know, not confrontational in like the sense of like uh, adversarial, yeah. but it is very much like we're going to just come up against each other and we have to see where the other person's at. And that can be hard to do, mm. especially if you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to look at your own Oh, sure. Eyeballs. Oh, no. And like there was a time, uh, especially when my dysphoria was getting worse and worse and worse before I came out. uh, I didn't look in mirrors. What does that mean? Dysphoria? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dysphoria is the term uh, used to describe when uh, and specifically for uh, gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. that is when you know that um, the sex that you were assigned at birth, so like uh-huh. the meat suit that you wear, that gotcha. you came out, and the, and the doctor's like that meat suit's a girl. Um, you know that it's wrong, uh, or like the social aspects of like I'm going to be raised yes. to be the person who is nurturing and, the, and be the person who has all these other bullshit expectations. You know that it's wrong, and it causes you debilitating um mm-hmm. uh stress and uh yeah. distress um there's uh the only that term i there's a thing called rejection sensitivity dysphoria mm-hmm. i read about that they said uh in an article about add adult add and they said that it's a common trait in adults with add is this rejection sensitivity dysphoria and yeah. reading about it uh blew my fucking mind because i was like i felt very seen by this internet article oh that's good like what it, um can you describe they that? just said that it's basically like because because you had said do you mind if i I'm, we're gonna get there later but you had told me before that you also have uh ADD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so this might be of interest to you. But um that it basically was just like any perceived rejection, like and it could be and we're such empaths, we're so like attuned because if you have ADD, they tend to be like very attuned to the reactions and feelings of people around them. Yeah. And not necessarily in an empathetic way, but in no, a, but a, we, like but a, we sometimes we mistake it for that. Yes. We're like, I know exactly where you're coming from. And they're exactly. like, My man, those vibes are misread. Right, right. <laughs> but that's that's very to this thing is you any perceived like rejection or someone judging it you or doesn't devastating. like you. Yes, you experience like physical pain in your yeah, chest. Yeah, dude, I got that. I yeah. recently got domed that that boyfriend I was talking about. Uh and the stuff leading up to it was a lot of cases of that. Yeah. Of me not feeling heard and then us mm. bumping heads and then either I trying to cut and bail because I didn't want to he- I didn't want to feel that rejection yeah. or it happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the rejection part, uh, I, I, I still think that this person is like maybe going to be my one that got away. But a lot of it is also just me like that. That feeling of rejection is so it makes you not want to get out of bed. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's weird. I, I was surprised when I read it to have a word for it. No, cool. Thanks for telling me because I uh, th- that diagnosis just happened. So yeah. I am still figuring stuff out. I'll send out. you this article that was really fucking eye-opening to me about, because they said some stuff about ADD that was like adult ADHD uh, that basically... We have like even the hyperactivity people associate like, oh, they're hyper that like a lot of you, a lot of adults or at least the way it sets in adults not don't necessarily. I think they said a majority of them don't necessarily exhibit outward like jittery, but that you have um, they called it emotional hyper arousal. You have this inner life that is extremely fucking crazy all the time. Anxiety disorder. Yes. Uh, In the same way that PTSD is and a lot of the symptoms are 
comorbid. I don't think that's the right word. Uh, they happen at the same time. They overlap. Uh-huh. And so it can be confusing. Yeah. Uh, so for a while, we were just trying to deal with my um, PTSD and those specific symptoms. And then I was like, oh, but also this stuff is happening. Yeah. And then they finally tested me for it and was like, oh, we got to we got to fix this. Yeah. Uh, like the did you have uh, in, in your uh, case, did you ever get like the brain fog stuff that happened? I mean, that sounds like my whole life. So yeah, I don't know. Like, but, I, <laughs> like I was doing like it was getting worse and worse. I was doing stuff like I would get out of my car, put my wallet up on the top of the car. Sure. sure. Leave my car parked in my alleyway in Koreatown unattended with my wallet on top yeah. of it and then come back the next morning and it was somehow still there. Thankfully. Yes. Yes. Those kind of things for sure all the time. And also I would have, you feel ex- so stupid yes. and like, and you're like, why did this happen? Right. Well, I would always think it was, really, I, uh, I came up with this phrase from to describe my physicality where I was like, uh, <laughs> that I feel coordinated, but not graceful. Oh yes. Um, no, that's where how I was I like, feel. I was always like, I do jujitsu and stuff and I'd be like a fucking cow. I was like, I can fight. I'm good when I pay attention. But then I just hit things and, and, and trip over things all the time. No, 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 and I um I just I people think that my my comedy is gonna be cerebral and stuff, but I'm actually super physical and super goofy, and I like to describe myself as like uh, maybe not necessarily like the amount of talent, mm-hmm. uh, but I like to like my style when I perform is like Chris Farley in a Chihuahua mm. body. Yeah, that's so funny. That's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I'm just like I'm, I explode sometimes. Yes, uh, onto things, not necessarily like in a, an aggressive way, but I just get hyped up. Yeah, yeah. The brain fog thing too reminds me um, that of of uh, I would experience the most marked difference between being medicated. I've been I'm on Adderall for a while, small doses, but they're life changing. Yeah. Is the feeling that all my thoughts um, previous to this like felt like they all it was like a, uh, it was like 40 people trying to get through one little doorway at once yeah. and they all just cram up at the door and that now it's like the ideas and thoughts and things I need to do and say just line up and go one after the other and that's a very freeing no feeling. it's all it's like it's this is what it feels like <sighs> okay that's I can do this exactly what yeah. it feels like whereas before you're like <sighs> yeah okay yeah how do yeah. I do this you know <laughs> that's so that's all you need to say that's so fucking funny it's very validating to hear someone else like who you don't know that well let you d- no, never talk about this the second time we've ever really gotten to talk really yeah yeah, yeah and we, before it was kind of on camera with uh, dude view <laughs> yeah like <laughs> so we, we sat down and we had to talk about like masculinity and stuff together yes yeah. yes uh uh, and then we like we'll talk a little bit on on Twitter, but it is very nice to like just be like, yeah, I experienced this. Uh, it's it's it, it, it honestly still feels like weirdly like magical, like we live in a simulation or something to hear your experiences come out of somebody else's mouth. Yeah, it feels very like connecting. It feels very. I like, think that's why Whoa. art exists. That's why art exists. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> um, it used to be at a time where he's like, oh, I will do a painting so somebody across the world can understand how I felt about that subject. Ooh, fuck, that's so interesting. I never. That's really beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Really beautiful. Um, do you mind before we get into these quick questions? There, was, I do want to kind of like revisit this thing about. Um, I just want to ask you the whole thing about the spiritual mythological concepts mm-hmm. when you think man and woman or masculine feminine. Mm-hmm. Like, what do those mean to you? I think it's very hard to pin down, but I think um, I think it has to all fall back down to what we are like when we are um, in the womb, when you are first developing as uh, an embryo. I think this is like the embryo stage. Uh, 
everybody starts out with the same body, the exact same body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, certain things happen. Uh, if uh, Most typically, because I want to say there are a lot of variances because mm-hmm. uh, that's just how fucking right, science right. works. Um, most typically, if you are going to become uh, someone who identifies as a woman, you'll have two X chromosomes. If you are someone who identifies uh, as a man, you'll usually be war- uh, born with a, an X and Y chromosome. Right. Which is like you're saying, there are... People who come out that are defy that that that's yeah not yeah, yeah. there's like there are so many different um, variances yeah. that but typically and so what happens is we all start with the same body parts even mm-hmm. and then uh you, you it's kind of like uh it's like two construction sites that get wildly different uh uh foremen and they're like let's do this with this so like you have the same natal genitals. And then they just develop differently. That's why if you kind of look at it, a clitoris, um, it's inside the body. It's shaped very much like a penis. Yeah. Um, if you look at like uh, labia, they're basically just like an empty ball sack on each side. That's really funny. It, uh, it is all very much. And like, that's why men have nipples. Right. Uh, it's like so many things. And I think that's what it comes down to. That Ultimately, we are an animal that uh, just splits apart in a way. Yeah. And I think. The reason why even heterosexuality uh, persists is like the most dominant way besides the reproductive mm-hmm. uh, parts is just because it it kind of like helps people feel whole. I think that's why people feel like you're my soulmate. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like being like you're the part of myself that I lost in my first moments of life. Uh, and for people who are are gay, um, you know, maybe they still feel that way, but it's like a different thing about that person that resonates the same way. So I think that's my answer. That's But who yeah, can know good. for sure? Yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about that thing. Yeah, I could be completely wrong. I got a high school education in science. But so. like, it makes sense <laughs> to me too that you can feel that some organisms would feel completion by matching or, or, or you know, or whatever. Yeah, like, and I think that's why we love patterns. I think that's why we love uh, finding our, you know, that's why we're such a tribal animal. And like mm-hmm. a communal animal is we're sometimes just feel like something's missing. And we're trying to get it back by making those connections. Yeah. Um, that's so fucking interesting. All right. The other question I have that is, I don't know. I, I don't want to be offensive, but it's like, no, no, something go I'm ahead. Curious about. Like, I, like I'm going to put this disclaimer. You can be problematic with me if you, if you want to. And Thanks. I'll just like, let you know, like yeah. in general, like uh, if I think other people, especially yeah. I, I often think about like, if someone is going to hear this, listening to this podcast, yeah. will they get real bummed? Will this ruin their day? Right. So I'll just give that For disclaimer, sure. maybe even just to make that person know, yeah. okay, somebody else is thinking of my my interests. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead, lay well, it on no, me. My thought was just, my question was like thinking about my own experience and how mm-hmm. difficult it is to live in my vessel. Like I yeah. think about that all the time, like coming to, t- I feel dissociated with my body a lot of the time. I just don't. You know, I think there's, it's really important. The The conclusion I've come to is that like, is understanding my meat mech as like, uh, it's not me, but it's mine. Mm-hmm. And I have a sense of like stewardship about it and, and a gratitude because it's the only lens through which I get to see the world. And, exactly. You know. So my question, I guess, is like, and I, you know, and I, I guess I have a little bit of an answer for myself. It's like, who fucking cares? Like, be whatever you want to be. But for me, it's felt like an important journey to come to terms with what I got when I was born. Yeah. And. Your potential. Pardon me? Uh, like the potential of you. Yeah. Yes. Like, this is what, this is what I have to work with. This, these yes. are the, these are the, um, the colors on my palette that I'm going to paint with. Yes. Yeah. And that like, 
I don't know. And, and I guess the question is like, why, like, is being, are you like avoiding that by being trans or something like that? Or, or is it just, I see as I'm asking it, I'm feeling like it's just oh, an no, extension yeah. of no, that. I, no, you know? no, I, uh, I think, I think not everybody knows that they're trans right away. Yeah. Uh, so I think just by that token, right. Like having that epiphany of like, late in life. Oh shit. It's kind of like, instead of, I kind of say, um, cause a lot of people will say like, Oh, uh, that trans person is passing as cisgender. And mm. a lot of people, even trans people are like, that's my goal. I want to look cisgender. So you, I no, I don't have to think about this ever again. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, fuck, sorry. I, I lost my train of thought. Um, no, I'm sorry. I was muttering. Oh, oh, oh. So. I think, okay. So for myself, um, I try to approach it the opposite way mm-hmm. for 28, 29 years. I was putting on a woman costume every day mm. and I was, I was, um, fabricating the potential that I thought people wanted me to have in order to love me. And then I realized how suffocating that was. Cause can you imagine putting on like a, a gorilla suit? Yeah. And then everyone's like, yeah, you're a gorilla and, and like not being able to take it off ever. Right. And, uh, especially like I, the last couple of years I looked way more feminine. I had like, like uh waist length hair. I was trying to wear dresses and wear makeup, uh, every day. And I was trying to just, I was like, I'm going to make it work. And it was almost like trying to force a puzzle piece in that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would, I would argue that I, I, I've become more honest with what my, my potential actually is. Yep. I've become such a, a I've I've become so, so much more honest of a person. Yeah. When I stop lying to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, you live in a time when the tools are available to yeah. make more outward, no, strong or, changes. And, and, and like, even just the culture, I think the social part of it is so much bigger and so much more important because there are many trans people. Uh, I want to emphasize that. They just, some people just don't want to change their body. They're fine with what their body is. Yeah. Uh, they don't um, uh, necessarily experience the physical dysphoria. They have the social dysphoria of knowing that they present in a way that will be rejected. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I'm thinking now, you know, about the question that I posed and this, and it's still, it's really hard for us to get out of like, something I criticize on here all the time. Why do people got to know? Why do people got to know? Like, you know, like this feeling of like getting comfortable with just believing people that they know what's best for themselves, that they know who they are. Yeah. And and then if they they don't fucking know who they are, that like, it doesn't like that they're on, they're where they're at in their life. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. You can only be where you are. So even if you are feeling super confused and you're like, I don't, Cause like, especially for younger people, it's very, very common for people to, um, to, um, feel the dysphoria, but not be trans. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of young women right. might bind down their breasts when they're developing. That's why, um, you know, young men might, you know, have those thoughts of like, am I gay? Right. I thought that one man was attractive. Does that mean I'm gay? Uh, and I think that, um, uh, which also feeds into the, am I a woman? Cause that's ultimately what homophobia comes down sure. to is like, uh, the fear of being perceived or that somebody there's, is uh, a woman. <laughs> that Nico case has a new album that just came out. Oh, yeah? uh, I really like Nico case. And she had a line in one of the songs where she just goes like, um, 
she says, uh, I fucked every man that I wanted to be. Oh, and she cool. said that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I was like, that is my experience with yeah. a lot of uh, women in my life. So I think that's, I think that's what it comes down to. But Jimmy, is that not like, being comfortable, not being like the, the, the strangeness of the fear of the Merc of saying like, I may be many things and how scary it is to know, like, what if I don't know myself completely? And I think when you see other people who are exploring some, I think that is a common source of homophobia or things like that is just being mad that other people are free, you know? Oh, for sure. Like the fact that like a resentment that they got out. It's, it's the crab in a bucket thing. You know, you see another crab getting out of the bucket and you're like, get the fuck. What do you think you're doing? Yeah. And also just like, it's also like a uh, inwardly it's, you know, it's a frustration that you like, maybe you don't feel brave enough to do it. I know for a long time, right? I know for a long time, I, especially when I was younger, um, I was very angry and I, w- I would say problematic things myself about yeah. gay people, about trans people, because I well, had about the same it. age. There was like when we were teenagers and we were like junior high, I, I think about the way like me and my buddies talk to each other in junior high. Yeah. And did it's you like, guys play smear the queer? We did not, but I I've heard that it was more like we would just call each other like gay slurs all day long. Oh, it's yeah. like every other word. Oh you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird to think back on it. And I, and I don't know. And and none of those friends are like, like that's gay just to say like that's bad right right yeah, so like it, it it's very it's very yeah. strange it's very strange yeah uh, i mean it's good that we're to this place of like we're paying attention a little bit more and we're trying better yeah. um, you know i think it's interesting because I, I do think what you're saying this idea of allowance uh also should go with like especially when you're a kid or teenage like you're figuring shit out you're gonna do it in messy ways you know yeah like yeah. honestly just know it's kind of like um, any other skill. Like when you start something, you're going to suck at it. Yeah. Uh, and over time, you'll get better and better. But there will always be that feeling of like, am I going to reach my my absolute potential? Like, you know, if you were writing something. Yeah. Eventually you have to be like, this isn't perfect. Yeah. But this is the draft I'm going to submit and like let people read. Yeah. That's such a, what you're describing, P.S., like as just a weird self-helpy thing is like. Um, my friend Tony used to say he he said uh he got it from someone else he knew, but that he said they don't want it perfect, they want it Friday. Exactly. And like and getting used to the that I, and I, I always think about like there's not an artist in the world who doesn't like hate their first work or their first album. The ones that you might love that they can only hear flaws in it. And yeah. just learning to accept that like just to be generative, just to put things out and just always hold yourself to an intrinsic uh uh value of getting better. Yeah. So I would say, for instance, if if there if you have a young listener out there who's like, I might be transgender, but I don't know, just let yourself have the possibility of like, what if there wasn't a negative consequence uh, to being this, mm-hmm. to being yourself and then be very thoughtful, be very careful. Don't rush into any decisions. Cause yeah. I think that's where people get scared is like, right. you know, we're going to put these kids on, uh, they don't put uh, kids on, on hormones, by the way, don't worry about that. Uh, but you know, if you're like a teenager and you're like, I, should I bind my breasts? You know, if you feel like you're in a, a in a position you can do it safely, like nobody's going to hurt you for doing it, and that you you know uh, with binders, that's when um when trans masculine people or women or anyone uh, they put on a special um uh, kind of undergarment, kind of like a bra, uh-huh. and it just squishes you down so you look like you have a masculine chest. Got it. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're like I think I'm a cisgender woman, but I still want to bind, just to see if that will alleviate anything. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you're doing s- stuff safely. 
uh, and you're not hurting anyone else, I say explore things. Because you don't know, you might even stumble up, uh, across a part of yourself that you didn't know was there. I think what you're describing, and, and you're bringing light to, and it's something I don't think about that often, but it seems to be very important to this whole idea of like of acceptance of yourself and others, is also like, you use the word um, relieving, if you find this relieving. And I think it's like really wonderful to think about... Um, to think about this idea of truly dysphoria, the opposite of euphoria, that mm-hmm. people may just be in this kind of agony, like this kind of pain. You described it as wearing a gorilla suit, this discomfort about going through life. And that it, I don't think, I think maybe people who don't get it still think it's just like a random idea or like the worst version is for attention to really yeah. understand that it's relieving that feeling you described yeah. with the 80s. And, and you said <sighs> euphoria. Did you know that that's actually something in the trans community? It's, you you can do affirming things. This is the positive side of being trans that people mm. don't talk about. If you if you say put on a, a suit mm-hmm. uh, and suddenly you feel amazing, you feel more yourself. Yeah, that's experiencing um, gender euphoria. Right, and that is the part that like is really affirming. And I think we need to talk about just as much as dysphoria because if there's one thing that I and I'm talking about all yeah. of this vulnerable stuff because this is what this thing is about. Yeah. But if there's something I'm not seeing in the media right now, it's trans people who are happy and healthy. I totally get that. It's always tales of woe. Yeah. It's always like, it's usually them getting murdered mm-hmm. or hate crimed in some way. Yeah. Uh, and I want to see, I want to see like a fuck up slacker trans person yeah, who works yeah. at a video store uh, and who is like just trying to get laid. I want to see like a, a woman, uh, like a Reese Witherspoon rom-com right. with a woman who just happens to be trans. Right. That's the shit that I want to start totally. seeing. I totally get yeah, that. Yeah. And so if you are somebody who's trying to cash in on us, maybe <laughs> try that because you're going to get a lot more revenue than trying to make us come out to see our own torture. Well, I think something you just described is really interesting to like I I I um I think a lot about like beauty culture on YouTube and shit like that is like yeah. such a big thing and I and sometimes and a lot of like the kind of like uh yas queen culture of the internet these days and even even broader than that like a lot of like um like I love Cardi B but I was like listening to some Cardi B and I was thinking like a lot everything's still stuck in this capitalism thing where like mm-hmm. the tools of liberation as we are seeing them to me, are I perceive them as like you're just part of the same uh, slavery mechanism, like mm-hmm. like as if usurping the position of the power, the person with the money, the person who can can uh, like uh, you know wait their whole life just to shit on people, you know, like you're just buying into the same thing that hurts the people at the top too. Yeah, and I get and I'm and I think there's an interesting thing you described is really because there is this reality of like if you're feeling down and you go like. Yeah, I go get a pedicure, or like put some nice clothes on or like put some use soap that smells good mm-hmm. that I'm like that. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that really works. That really makes me feel like I'm I'm treating my body like a holy thing that I want to honor and take care of. Yeah. And and why shouldn't you? You're only going to get one. one of those. Exactly. That's the only body. That's the only brain. I think that's the only you you ever get. But there's got to be a potentially. The, I don't know. I know. I just think having a consciousness around when you cross the line into like that they're, they're so weird cause they're so parallel, like vanity and superficiality versus like this almost holy experience of adorning this precious thing that you have and treating it a certain way. And, making and I think it, it is, the, it's, it also just vanity is seen as like a female thing. And like I said, femininity is just seen as weakness. Yeah. It's synonymous in a lot of ways. 
Yeah. So I think that's where it's coming from is you well, are I take, do think it's, you're do nurturing think it's, yourself. How strong is that? See, to be, that's it. That's yeah. what, I think there is a difference though. I think there are people who, I mean, cause people, me, everybody yeah. like, that you start to look at vanity and like, Oh, I'm so ugly or whatever. And like, I have to make this this way or that way or judgy. And that is toxic. There yeah, is a toxic that, version no, There of is it. a very, very toxic part of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just like kind of paying attention to that. I, I'm starting to get weirded out like a little bit by popular culture. That is like, I think starting to not realize like this celebration of like, some shittiness, some vanity things, some things that make people feel bad that are masquerading as empowerment. No, like when I, especially like, um, I, 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 I try to be like, you know, as, uh, pragmatic as possible, but I really do think like the wellness community is just like a reframing of, uh, like toxic body shaming stuff. That's so interesting. Like yeah, these women, I think there is some of that. And I think they're like, we're, we're, we aren't talking about how, uh, you know, for instance, like eating disorders, we right. almost always think of it as like restricting, but there's also people who just like over rationalize and like overthink like being healthy to the point that it's not good. Right. Or you have people like Kim Kardashian who have more money than God and they are still hawking, uh, weight loss lollipops to right. children. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's, that's the so part that crazy. I don't like. It's tied to capitalism. Um, but like allowing yourself to wear a beautiful dress, yeah. uh, especially if someone is telling you that you don't deserve to wear that beautiful dress. Mm -hmm. It's so liberating and it's so nurturing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I think we could do a whole fucking long thing about that nuanced line between empowerment and self-harm where like, I mean, I'm doing a thing now where I'm like tracking everything I eat and I'm doing this like lifting program. I feel my relationship with my vessel has become one because of like jujitsu, like combat sports and things where it's like becomes weight classes. It's, and I talk about this, I have a friend who is making this program for me, but she's like a power lifter and bodybuilder that I'm really inspired by. We're like, we talk about each other's bodies and our own bodies in a way that's like almost like they're horses. Like mm-hmm. there's just no judgment. There's like, you just understand it as this thing that is a ad- added up inputs, like the things you eat and drink and then what stimulus you give it. And it, and it doesn't have any of the associations of like, you know, self-hatred or, or judgment or whatever. Yeah. It's just like this practical conversation with yourself and trying to just play with it, you know, yeah, See, exactly. like, oh, I can shape, shape, shape that, uh, this way I can shape shift it this way. And that's such a like fun game to play. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, but like that there is always, especially if, uh, I mean, cause I think I've, I've also been very unhealthy with my relationship with my body that it is this dance Same. of like checking in with yourself constantly to be like, and maybe this is pertinent to this whole subject of like, are you living in your own truth? Are you, yeah. li- are you coming from a place of, toxicity and self-hatred and, and martyrdom and self and wounds that you were given or are you truly coming from a place of like being in touch with your truth and your power and yeah like celebration like um listening to yourself but also holding yourself accountable like there's so many parts of it yeah uh, about like just really really um listening to yourself yeah and like listening to like what the world tells you but like learning the difference of like this is the stuff that I can push away if it's not good for me yeah, yeah. alright um, we're, I know we're going long uh, let me pee one more time and then we'll do the quick cues at the end we'll wrap it up alright thank you we're rolling again just hop right back in alright okay I'm gonna get my six quick cues mm-hmm. uh, let me pull up the things cause I I can't ever remember them myself no, even though cool. I do them every episode <laughs> uh, the first one is yes it was the one have you ever been diagnosed with any uh, mental things and and then the one on the tail of it is uh, do you take medications or have you tried medications or anything yes. like that uh, so 
Uh, as we've talked about, I um, am diagnosed with PTSD, ADHD. Um, and then also, uh, I although I don't think that this is something that you need to have in order to t- say I am transgender, uh, I did get uh, the diagnosis of having um, uh, gender identity disorder or dysphoria. Like there's like there's, there's yeah. like weird different terms in it because I don't even care too much. But right. it's something that a lot of times that they uh, they gatekeep in the medical community with where you yeah. have to literally get a doctor to say this yeah. person's telling the truth about themselves. I will say like definitely like the the stigma feeling of like I avoided a psychiatrist for a long time because I was like. Oh, I'm gonna forever be this now. Like mm-hmm. any paper. Oh, have you ever yeah. been diagnosed with a mental? I'm like, I guess so. You know. Yeah, it's so hard. And uh, so, I, but it I just became so I, a barrier to something that's truly helped me. Yeah. So it's so like, I I happen to have suffered from um, physical dysphoria. Uh, you know the the body stuff. So I I um did that and I got prescribed testosterone uh treatment to help mm-hmm. with that. Um, it's called hormone uh, replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Um. I also um, got prescribed Adderall. Then we're trying that out. We're, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's gonna that one's gonna work out. Yeah. Uh, and then I take Wellbutrin, and I take um, 450 milligrams. It's like the max that you can take. Wow. Because uh, I shifted to that one. Then we were like, uh, we're not sure if Adderall's working for you properly. Really? So. How did you Wellbutrin help you feel? What is that for? Uh, Wellbutrin is. Um, it, I think it's primarily used as an uh, antidepressant, but it's kind of different from yeah. the, the other ones. It's a, it's a it's a stimulant. Oh, uh-huh. uh huh. So you do have to be careful when you first start taking it. Um, you uh, if you take it too late in the day, you're going to be up to like four in the morning. Got it. Uh, kind of like Adderall. Yeah. Um, and it might have been because I was taking Adderall and will be together. Uh, is it an SSRI? Do you no, know? No, I don't. I think it might be different. Yeah, I think uh, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it um, it it just gives me so much more of like. I just re- feel relaxed in my environment. Did you feel a big difference when you started medication compared to? Um, yeah. And like, do know that like, if you feel like kind of crappier in the, in the beginning, just know like sometimes your body just needs a chance to get used to it. Yeah. Uh, and I had the, and also I wish I want to add to that, like stay in contact with yourself and yes. your doctor, because like these things, th- there is a lot of like, Hey, guesswork, trying stuff out, seeing what fits with you. Yeah. And, and don't feel bad if yeah. you're like, if you finally have to go like, no, this isn't working for me. Yeah. Uh, cause like I, it's kind of shitty that I had, I basically started all three of these things at once. And so I am just now coming out of the fog of like, I was just feeling insane, mm-hmm. uh, not to be ableist about it, but I was just feeling like really out of like control with, of myself. Right. Because I had the testosterone that was finally starting to absorb fully into my body around yeah. the four or five month mark. Cause it takes some time. I was having Wellbutrin that like my, my, my doses were getting up. And so I, I was sometimes just not being like super the best to be around. I was yeah. grumpy. Um, I, 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 you know, I would, you know, even more than usual yeah. when you have ADHD, I would like, be like, what? I'm jumping right into this, you yeah. know, instead of being like, I should think about what I want to say first. Uh-huh. Um, can I just go with the testosterone? Can I ask a question about this? Yeah. Um, did you feel like, cause you know, the age old terrible comedy stuff, like guys are like this, girls are like this, you know? Yeah. Like, do I feel? Do I feel like? Um, can I? Are you asking if I can confirm any stereotypes I about guess, genders, or like if you felt any like big changes? You already said that you felt like hornier and like stuff like that, and yeah. hungrier. Like I'm just curious. Yeah, like what's that? Because I mean, you know, it does feel like you know, having been uh, growing up a boy and stuff. Like it, there was a thing where things kicked in where you were just like, I don't think you understand like <laughs> what I'm experiencing. I I'm think not in trying general, to be a gross guy. It's just a thing. Um. 
in general, I will say having gone through both puberties, it's just so intense. That's why every teenager feels like a hot mess. Yes. Um, like, cause, uh, you're, you might be having different hormones doing these things, but your, your, your body and your brain chemistry is just being thrown out of whack from what it's been used to for like Mm -hmm. 11, 12 years. Um, so I will say, um, you know, slightly different things, but there cannot be absolutes. And I, you know, like for instance, like I don't necessarily feel (laughs) anymore. I didn't even like undercut our whole pretty good conversation with like, is there stereotypes true? No, I, no. Cause what you have to remember is trans people think about these things too. Yeah. Uh, we try to keep our more problematic conversations like in house so we can just figure it out and then know what to tell the rest of the people. Yeah, totally. Um, but there were times where I was like, Am I going to become more macho and chauvinistic? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Am I going to lose my ability to hate men? Uh (laughs) That's really funny. What happened? Did you? No, I'm still a misandrist till I die. Hell yeah. No, no, no. uh, uh, I think if anything, the the stereotypes that I was able to confirm were the stereotypes of how men and women are expected to be treated. Oh. I definitely noticed that when I talk now, I get interrupted less. I get talked over less. I am um, not accused of being uh, bitchy or angry as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, and you, do you think that's an that's an outside thing, just how you're received, or do you are you are you saying that you think part of that's like how you present yourself? I think it's partly confidence that yeah. I can look. I can be like, no. I am, I have enough self-worth that I'm worth listening to, mm-hmm. but I, I also do think that there, it's just a culture of men kind of have the clipboard and yep. women take the orders. Um, that's just Still, my personal feeling. Yeah. Uh, like that's just the, the essence of like, I even like feminine, like my feminist bros, even I fuck up and like interrupt, like yesterday I had my friend Zoe over and we were talking about stuff and like she started to talk and I interrupted and I had to, I've, I've been trying to get the habit of no matter who it is, but especially women. Yeah. I stop and I go, sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? That's good. Yeah. I gotta get better at that. No, it's, and I don't know if, if maybe it is something to big a guy that you're just like, listen to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I, cause I definitely feel like when I, uh, and sometimes I think it's an ADD thing. I don't, I, it's, it's um, it's weird, you know, because it doesn't yeah. feel like you're interrupting. You just feel like I got a thing I got to say. You yeah, know? you just get so excited um, right. that you realize you stopped listening. That's true. I do that. <laughs> I'm guilty as fuck of that. Yeah, I think that's like a very puppy dog quality about. I mean, that's the thing about to me is is in the best not to make excuses for it but the best versions of it is like you're just an idiot like a dog is like mm. you don't mean bad things you just like have this instinct to like we're earnest yeah i think that's true i think there's like a very yeah no, um but yeah but i i've tried like i i it's made me understand being on the other side of it also i can't just smile at a baby or child in public anymore uh because oh. men have you yeah. ever experienced that? like it's hard to like have oh, yeah. connections with children oh yeah like you're less trusted to be a babysitter or anything, you know, there are understandable like concerns and scare. Totally. Like, but you know, you haven't, you haven't done anything to, to deserve that. Um, I, I am not as wary walking around at night by myself anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, but I, I do realize that that's probably, um, a false confidence. There's nothing to say that mm. I'm, I'm still about as strong 
I may be a little bit stronger now that I'm working out, but um, yeah. I'm still the same size. Someone could just come and fuck me up as easily as they as they did yeah. before. That's interesting. Um, I I. I so it I really also, does feel like a different, like just an internal feeling. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think it's hard to tell how much of it is what is bouncing at me and like being absorbed. And then how much of it is what I'm putting out. I don't know. Sure. It's that's really hard to say. But it, yeah. But your, your, ex, your lived experience is different. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Okay. Uh, all right. I think that's a good, they covered up those two. Um, bo- 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 bo. Uh, what's something cheesy you find inspiring? Oh, okay. Um, Sesame Street. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they are subversive in all of the ways that they matter. They are. They yeah. are. Because they take very um, lofty things. Mr. Rogers did this too. Uh, and he was e- even more radical about it. Go go watch the documentary that's coming out this week. Uh, of course uh, this I'm recording. going to. Yeah. It's very funny that you and Aaron, who I recorded yesterday, <laughs> both brought up Mr. Rogers. It's yeah. Like- but with Sesame Street, they were saying every child deserves to get an education. Yeah regardless of who they are. Right. Every child deserves to know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. That's why very often uh, they would just have frank conversations about their feelings. Yeah. Also not something that people, especially in the seven, 60s and 70s, were doing very well. Um, and they teach you that you can look like a literal monster and there's <sighs> nothing wrong with you. Fuck yeah. You can live in a trash can. And, yeah. So and they be- were fighting racism, xenophobia, homophobia, uh, they, you know, they were, they were showing what it's like to grow up, uh, maybe not in a neighborhood that feels the safest, but to say like, when you come here, you're safe. Mm-hmm. Even if outside is not safe, you're safe here. And Mr. Rogers did that too. And I, you know, it, it's corn puppets flopping around, but it did something to our culture that I think we still don't appreciate yeah. a- uh, enough. Damn. That's a good answer. Really good. Love Muppets too. Oh, hell yeah. Who doesn't love a Muppet? I, I I'm just, basically I a Muppet. I feel like a fucking Muppet. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I wonder if that's an 80s. I definitely like just relate to the way Muppets kind of look at yeah, the world like and move they're around. They're flopping around. They sometimes get where they need to go. Uh, what's uh, what's something dark about you? Um, Something dark about me? Yeah. I, I, um, I, I think I, I, it's really interesting because like uh, I, I recently just noticed like all of my, my women friends are more often into this. I really, uh, like a lot of other people, I, I'm obsessed with like murderers and stuff. What's up with that? I don't know. I, I like, I, I have to be careful to be like, am I just enjoying somebody else's misery? Right. But also part of me just wants to know, like, what are the deepest chasms of humanity? Right. Um, you know, what part of it is morality and what part of it is like somebody just not being well. Mm-hmm. And I just want to try. I think I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Cause like, I think it. Do you think that's back- why everyone's doing it? Like, do you think that's why it's because it is going through this moment of extremely popular? Like- no, it's very interesting. But I, I, I've liked this since I was a child. Like, I used to like find ba- uh, paperbacks about like the the Ken and uh, Barbie killers and yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, I've always like, especially the ones that are like Jonestown or like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. The, like these extreme situations yeah but you know it started with one person who was to everybody else if not normal at least like you didn't expect that to happen like yeah. jim jones he started i think it was in indiana he helped desegregate uh indiana before the the people's the uh, the people's church it was almost all black people because he 
Mm-hmm. Uh, not not necessarily altruistically. Right. He, I think he kind of like preyed upon the the black community in some ways. Um, for a long time, he was actually doing a net good. He like helped. He literally would go in the restaurants and and help like. Uh, like he would convince the business owners to be like, you want black people's businesses. Wow. But That's then so he somehow got from there to forcing mothers to poison their own children. So you think there's like something about this, that expression of this, like this uh, absurd evil that is yeah. always rooted in like a human. Yeah. I just have a really, really like morbid sensibility about myself that I'm not always comfortable with. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I tried it. But, you know, also, uh, last podcast on the left is super funny. <laughs> so I haven't listened to that one. That's, I, yeah, I, I know that it's very popular. I definitely started to feel weird about it with, I think, Serial kind of kicked it off, putting it in the popular eye, like true yeah. crime stuff. Um, which, you know, people obviously been, I mean, Silence of the Land, people have, like, loved murder for a long time. Yeah, and, that's why I like. Um, violence that, is all over movies. I like that one movie, Funny Games, that came out. Um, oh, I never saw that. I know uh, what you're talking about. Panicky. I think it disturbed me too much, like, the idea. Uh, it is very disturbing. And yeah. you're going to be very uncomfortable because I feel this is what I think the director's intention might have been. And I could be wrong. I think he wanted to confront us about our fascination with violence. Yeah. And that's why that movie, uh, spoiler alert, you know, don't listen to this part if you want to watch it. Um, at one point, you think that the characters are going to get away and be safe because it's like a house invasion film. Right. And the characters literally break the fourth wall and go, do you think it's going to be this kind of movie? They rewind it. And to the point that those people had not escaped. These characters look the audience in the eye and go, no, I know what you came here for. Yeah. Uh, When a murder happens, they don't make it like exciting. They make you sit in the, in the silence and the reality of it. Yeah. Um, And I think we just don't do that amount of consideration to be like, that was an actual person. Right. They had an actual life. They had humanity. They had people who loved them. That is, that I think is the, is the, concern I have for like I think a lot of like awful film I think Gaspar knows like that like gets away with these atrocious films that people are like it's art it makes us sit with our violence but I really don't I don't I think that's like you know like it's weird because some Lars von Trier movies like I really like loved because I yeah. received like uh Antichrist this way I thought it was actually a very like uh feminist film the way I received it like mm-hmm. there's this idea of the masculine idea of civilization that colonizes things versus like this feminine, like power in the earth. And it, you know, this, and it was dark and weird, but now it seems like it's just proving that like, that might've just been me as an okay person projecting what I saw. I'm like, this is how I make it. Okay. Yeah. But really like these auteurs and, and these people who like are fascinated with murder, there is an aspect of just like getting off on this like cruelty. And I don't know. And I'm not trying to justify it this way, but maybe there's just some part of us as the animal yeah. That just gets excited by seeing something really shocking. I mean, I definitely get excited. Like when excited. we like made gladiators yeah. fight each other. Totally. I mean, I love, I, I've, I've talked about it on here. I'm very, I'm very into violence. Like I can't deny that it's not, it's like in my bones. I, I'm attracted to violence. Um, I just feel like, like a, a thing I say about like UFC and MMA and stuff like that. People, people who don't watch that normally or aren't attracted to it feel like it's very brutal, but there's a world of difference between two professionals who have turned their bodies into things that our bodies aren't going at it with like tactics, capability, durability, intention, and a kind of mutual respect versus non-consensual violence on the street in real life. Whatever. Uh, Yeah. I I think it's definitely just like we're getting the same sort of like chemical reactions. Uh, 
you know, that manifests in different ways, you know, like, you right. know, how you get like that sort of dopamine rush every time you get a, a like or a notification and stuff totally, like that. Totally. This is just like whatever chemical that gets released, it's just causing something that we then build an appetite for. Yeah. I mean, we definitely need to not like pretend like we don't have dark feelings. Like you definitely need to find a way to healthy ways to express it yeah. because otherwise it does pathologize. Anyway, yeah. oh, that's good. That's a good little exploration. Uh, okay. What is the last gorgeous thing you saw? I saw this very, very fine bear. Uh, not like uh, the yogi kind, but the, the gay subculture kind on Instagram. <laughs> God damn. He was a leather daddy too. I was like, how do I make that my husband? <laughs> oh, that's so I, uh, funny. I don't necessarily have like a type of man. Uh, I can appreciate all kinds of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... But that, that man was gorgeous. That's the only way I can describe him is, is gorgeous. And he wasn't like in a feminine way. It was yeah. like a strong male beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to drop their Instagram name? Or is that too weird? Oh, I was just, I just put in hashtag Bear. Ah, so that's even better. All right. It's very objectifying. I'm sorry, sir. I, I'm sure you're very cool and have a great personality. But damn, your pecs. He knows he has good pecs. He's posting them. All right. Oh, uh, that's uh, <laughs> probably one of the most honest answers I've gotten on here, which is wonderful. Why did people like the Mona Lisa? Yeah, I think people are. I like really appreciate that. That's so fucking awesome. You're just like. Yeah, hell yeah. People yeah. are delicious, you know? Um, oh, that last last section of the thing is mm-hmm. I have, I call it the don't kill yourself list. I started when I was feeling really bad in my yeah. life. And it's, uh, I always start it with coffee, sandwiches, and lavender soap. It's generally things that are accessible and wonderful and like reasons to stay alive. So yeah. I want you to add something to the list. Okay, cool. Um, taking a train ride up the Pacific Coast. Oh, really good one. Ice cream is my favorite food. What flavor? Uh, I, there's not an ice cream I won't try. That's, uh, the that's best ice cream answer. I've ever had was um, there's uh, a, a small franchise that we have down here, but it originated in Portland. McConnell's? Uh, uh, salt and Straw. Oh, Salt and Straw is yeah. very good. McConnell's is good too. I, 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 I go to almost any ice cream place yeah. I can get my hands on. I, and I love like the thrifty, uh, cheap stuff. Hell yeah, it. hell yeah. Uh, but this was an olive oil flavor Ooh. ice cream. And I was like, how can that be good? Yeah. Uh, even though I will try more adventurous flavors, uh, you know, even like the, you know, this one has mashed potatoes right, in right. it. Uh, uh, I've never had that one. That sounds wild. But olive oil, I'm not sure if they put some vanilla in it, but that's the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. It And, and like, it maybe had to do with like the way it uh, changed like the fat composition. Yeah. It was just the most satisfying ice cream I've ever had. I was there for like three days because I was, um, my I was in a in a film that was in a festival there, and then I during the three days I went to Salt and Straw four times. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Um, and so and then after that, sex. Uh, and yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, you know, uh, petting a cat. On the street, petting a cat on the street, which yeah, is what um, you were doing. Yeah, when I, I did it before. I, but when we met up at your place, I had met a cat and made friends with it. Um, iced coffee, um, watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, yeah, I, That's, I, you've I, already I wanna, added. I, I can like ramble on because very um, good. I, I get I get satisfaction out of small small things. I think that is the way we get through. Yeah, like what will make my day is if I have to walk past somebody on the street and I go, excuse me. And they don't do that thing where they pretend you were a ghost. Right. And and like, just don't even react. If they go, Oh yeah, no problem. I will be on cloud nine. I don't know why. I think just because it happens so infrequently that people are like, okay, yeah. just to be acknowledge each other if they don't know each other. 
Totally. Yeah. I had that like today leaving the locker room in a weird way. I like was going to get something and I bumped this guy's elbow and and just instinctively was like, oh, sorry, man. And, and the way he responded, it was like, like, oh, it's cool. Like it was the weirdest. Yeah. Like I could tell he was relieved that I wasn't being an ass. It was just like a f- no. Nice. And I'm not putting a value judgment if you are the kind of person who doesn't talk because like you're shy. I'm not a shy person, uh, but I am deaf. I'm definitely like a like a grocery line talker. No, <laughs> I'm, that, nice. I'm that guy. No, I, well, that, that's I mean, I don't know. Bring it to like some kind of conclusion, maybe. But I appreciate like. You're a person who's willing to connect with people. I mean, that's why you're an artist. And thank you also for doing this, because I think this is like all of that's about is like mm. and, and ignoring like it's, you know, being someone who does that in your work or in your thing. If you don't do that in your like everyday yeah. little bump into each other exchanges. I mean, I think I said earlier on, on the podcast that I don't I don't like anybody, but that's not true. I think. <laughs> As I allow myself to open up to people, I like them more and more. And it becomes easier to just sit down with somebody I don't know very well and just be like, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, like, my deep, hurty, hard stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing it here. Of course. I think we're good. <laughs> and All thank right, you for thanks. doing this podcast. Dude, yeah. it's so important. Thanks, Reed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel fucking... I'm very proud of this. And I'm very grateful that you and, and anybody who comes on is like... Being so fucking open, I think it, I, I know I, I've gotten enough, you know, one's all that matters, but I've got enough like messages that it, it really matters to people. Like, hell yeah. Being people. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. And that that's it. We're done. We're good. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, do you want to say Twitter or something when you find you? Oh, yeah. Again, Again um, that ding dang dangus or yeah, something? Yeah, uh, that dang dingus. That dang uh, dingus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, follow me if you want or, you know, go on your own on your own path, man. Yeah, Who yeah. might have say what you got to do? Alright, here we go. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening again. And uh yeah, review if you if you can. That helps us out. Uh if you can go to patreon.com slash my good bad brain. Help us out. Keep this bad boy going. And uh that's it. I appreciate you. Have a lovely, lovely week. Self-care, hydrate, you know what I mean? It's rough out there, man. Be well. Lots of love. Good day. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.